1: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com
0: or wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to... BlankerPress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com.
1: Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sports book, but also America's top-rated sports book. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer just for my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. That's right, gold, silver, or bronze, it doesn't matter. That's 100 to 1 odds on an American athlete to stand on the podium and receive either gold, silver, or bronze this week. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook, it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code THBN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an in Indiana, 1-800-9 with it.
2: y'all doing? Of course, I'm not in Vietnam. Is it Vietnam or Vietnam? I always say Vietnam. But... It's great. If you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Great movie. Great actor. I guess I could be in, in Vietnam, wherever you're listening to this from. I, I highly doubt it, but you never know. Nothing surprises me this day and age. Welcome to Episode 63 or 64? I got it. Let me have a look. Okay, here we go. It's episode 63. Now, the reason I was kind of thrown off is because I recorded an entire episode last week with an old dear friend. It's Tales with TR, by the way. Did I mention that? Episode 63, Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan gonna leave that out, although I don't know how you wouldn't know that tuning in. I mean, just looking it up. There's probably a small, like under 1% of you that this just came on. You were listening to another hockey podcast like Hockey Central or Spitting Chicklets or some shit. Fell asleep in the car. It's the summer. Nice hot day waiting for your kid at the ballpark or something. Listening to podcasts and this is just coming on now. So to that percentage of you, there you go. There's the information you needed. What was I talking about? Oh, Greg Schmidt last week. What a great guy. And all of his buddies, including an ex-teammate of mine, Jason Cognit, Um, Some players I played against, Chris Johnson, Jody, Joey, uh, Joey Tedarenko. We're at Schmidt's place in, uh, oh God, uh, North Battleford. I'll never forget that. A lot of friends from there. Jesse Wallen, Graham Belak, Wade Bielak. Um, Including the good guys I just mentioned. Anyway, you know, and Schmidty's an old, real, real good buddy. Played on his line in Red Deer. You know, it's one thing to be a teammate, but when you're on the same line and you face that pressure, we play with BJ Young. Of course, most of you know that name. If you don't read my books. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Schmitty is just such a good friend. And not only that, listen, he's had such a great career. I was going to have him on anyway. I've just been waiting. And, um, you know, he, had a, he lost a son. So his son, Daxon, was not only, think of how bad that would be to go through as a parent. I mean, he's 24 years old. And he was murdered. Murdered. I mean, I, I just honestly, I just can't imagine. And again, love to Greg and his wife, Sarah, who's goes way back with not only me, with, with Danielle and, and, and Tyson and, you know, BJ, all of our Aaron Asham, all of our buddies in Red Deer, Devin Francon and, you know, we're, Jesse Wallen. We're all still buddies, man. And we go all the way back. But, you know, heartfelt message here to Greg and Sarah and their son, Chase. And his his other son Chase played in Bonneville with a couple of kids that I skate with in the summer here, Alex Power and Maddie McKim. Good luck to those guys this year, by the way. Anyway, we had just we were laughing, we were crying, it was a great interview. And I lost it because of the shitty microphone. So the week before with Darcy Harris, I'm sure those who listen to the show realized it was cutting in and out a little bit. So I said, I didn't even realize that. Again, But what's my studio? My studio is my laptop with a microphone connected to it, okay, wherever I happen to be that has Wi-Fi. Right now, it's in my ex-wife's basement. Uh, She's the mother of my daughter, Penny Lane. She's in Alberta, or sorry, Labrador, working at a fishing lodge for the summer, making some good coin. And uh, I'm watching the place for her. Then I'm going to get my own spot in the fall, but, you know, I did it from my parents a couple of weeks ago. I've done it from uh, TJ's pub where I work. You know, so, but I, I had a trusty microphone for the first 60, whatever, two episodes. It was good. It just started to flicker in on and off. Like, you know, it, there was a loose connection. And I'm no electrician. So I just went out and got myself a new microphone. I got... I went to the Long and McQuaid. There's all kinds of options. And I just told the guy working. I can't remember his name. It was a nice fella. Oh, it's certainly not his fault. I said, you know, I'm, I just assumed I bought one that was more expensive than the last one I got. Not by a lot, but this is how much of a fool I am, too. I don't know. I rate things by, if this one is 159 and this was 109, then the 159 got to be better. Thing is, though, it's the shit that I don't need, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't have a mixing board maybe maybe I should get one of those is that what it's called um, I, I just you know I got a microphone and it's got a volume button that, that's it and I had the volume on crank and I had it on crank on my computer and it always seemed to be at the right level. I take this when the when the podcast is over at the end of the day it sounds the same to me when I'm talking into whatever microphone. I package it whatever I hit end. I download it and I send it off to the people, the good people at the Hockey Podcast Network, because that's who I'm working for. Um, And Isha and Dylan, and um, Dylan usually, um, Isha Jerome and Dylan Kaiser, I think is how you say that. Um, And they're great guys. They started the Hockey Podcast Network, and I'm real, real busy. And I'm mostly, I won't say computer illiterate, but I'm not great when it comes to the technical side of things. So I just send out it as a package and they add the music that you hear. I mean, it's my choice, of course. Uh, and, you know, they lend a, They definitely give some advice here and there. But, uh, you know, they started this from scratch a few years ago. And now we're building it into something and they're great to me. But I don't know, you know, so if, if it sounds good, it's because Dylan is producing it. In Vancouver, right? I, I close my computer, send it off, I'm gone. I wake up the next day. Hey, it's Tales with TR. It sounds great. Not that I listen, I can't. I cringe. I cringe at my own voice. You'd never say it. The reason I talk so much isn't a love of hearing my own voice, as as most of you would probably think, which I would probably think. It's that. Somewhere deep down, there's there's an, an eccentric. Always thinking. Yeah, my mind's always racing, and I don't ever feel like my sentence is finished. I feel like a painter that's looking at the canvas, and you know, just is it's just never complete. Even though I've explained the same story a thousand times. I never feel as if I've explained it enough. Though I told a story on spit and chiclets. I'm sure some of you guys are listening to this show for the first time because you heard me on spit and chiclets. Well, thank you. I don't know how many. Now I don't know how many, but I'm guessing at least a few. And um, yeah, so even that I told a couple of great stories on spit and chiclets. Well, I mean, fuck what do I know? Some people didn't like them. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say great stories. Uh, braggadocious is that. Oh, it's I was on spit and chicklets and it was awesome. No, I'm not saying that shit. I don't know if they were great stories. I know that if you're tuning into this podcast, you probably like stories and tales about hockey and life. I'm assuming that's kind of. What I do and they didn't set out to do that, but as I think about it, they're mostly my friends that come on here And, you know, that's what we're doing. We're telling stories. So I've told stories for years and years, usually on the back of a bus still playing senior hockey or at the, you know, at the bar. When it's late, everybody's got a buzz on. Um, Those sort of things. And those stories usually go over. But um, there's always, uh, what's the word? There's always different ways to tell them. You know, let's just say I could explain. I told a story about my last shift, okay, which I've used in stand-up and which I, I, I've since realized. So I put in the videotape to go back because I always make sure. I try to make sure, right? I try to tell a story the way it happened. I mean, of course, you're going to try that, but I try to get them precise, the 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 um, details, Jesus, I try to get the details precise um, and often you can leave it things out and the story gets better or you can really describe things like, you know, sometimes I've told that story and I've described the crowd and the color of the seats and the legends walking around. Cause I mean, every game in Montreal is a story, right? You got, I mean, right behind the bench, uh, unique to, I think, only Montreal. When I first went there, imagine there was no glass behind you. So, like, and all the legends, that's where they would sit. So, like, Jean Beliveau and the owner and, and shit like that would be, like, right behind you. Like, I remember Rocket Richard was still alive. I remember right in the first when I got drafted in 95 and went right to camp. And it was the Forum. So, I scored a goal in exhibition and it was in the Forum. It was, like, last... Couple of, it was the last exhibition weekend, so it was packed. Great, and most of the NHLers were playing. All of them, actually, we were playing against Boston. They had Ray Bork playing, and I played with Pierce Turgeon and Mark Reckie, Um on a line that game. There's three Hall of Famers that were playing. Patrick Waugh was playing. There's a four. So, you know, it was just a great feeling to play. And I, you know, you did the the, the hot dog. I told a story about the Shen show, the hot dog. That wasn't really rare to that game either. I often had a hot dog. If I didn't play much in the first period, if at all. Right. I mean, people really found that outlandish, but I did that often. I mean, now it would be a little bit different. I know my own body, though. I'm not going to make myself get a cramp. So, yeah, it wasn't two hot dogs. It was one hot dog. And in Montreal, the Shen show got a really thin, toasted, like, bun. It's not this huge long hot dog with this big bun on it, like if you go to see a baseball game. Um, you know, it's this little tiny compact. It's a wiener with a little bit of light bread around it, toasted. I love the Shan Show. I, I believe the Bell Center are the only place that have them that style. At least they used to be. Not like I go to every rink anymore. Um, but I loved it. So often I would do that. like Like think about someone, I don't know, today having a power bar, right? I, would, I know it was a different time, um, and it didn't happen all the time, but in the course of a year, I'd say, you know, 10 times I would have a hot dog during the game. Uh, again, I would eat at 11.30, too. I was an early eater. Uh, power bars and stuff existed, existed. I would have it here and there. I just liked the taste of a hot dog more, and I know I couldn't have two. I'd get a cramp. Anyway, so, you know, eating that because I was hungry, that wasn't really that big of a deal. But every game getting back to what I was talking about, there's all those sights and sounds and smells. And, you know, you could tell that story. You could talk an hour just on entering the rink, pulling in. And I remember Lyle Odelein coming in in his uh, Dodge Viper, and everybody loved that he had one. And I had a Camaro. And I remember, I think it was, you know, Recky and Domfus and Corson. I used to talk to these guys a lot. And I remember they were like, yeah, that's pretty good. That's in the middle. Like, you don't want to be a rookie and show up in a Porsche. Uh, nor nor would I. I did not want to be that guy. I wanted something nice. I didn't know anything about cars. I bought a Camaro. There's a story there too, but I'll never have the guest. Um, and loved it. And I lived with Darcy Tucker. And I can't remember because he had played in Fredericton the year before. I think his, his, whatever it was, it took like a couple of months for his vehicle to, to get up to Montreal. So we were roommates staying on De La Montagne which is right downtown. Awesome time. And we drove my Camaro around all winter. And um, I actually, I ended up going back to Red Deer and I left it with him. Yeah, his his car wasn't there all year. So it was a really fun experience, right? Even though I played three games that year, I was there right till February. So it was such a laugh and, and getting to learn from the NHL guys and hang out. That's why I feel like I was, I guess I was part of the team, but, you know, I only had three games, but it certainly felt like more than that because, you know, I went to every rink, I went on all the road trips. And the plan was, because I was 19, so the Habs didn't want to send me down to junior. I couldn't go to the American League or else I would have gone. There's a rule against that if you're 19, but once you're 20, you can go down. So anyway, I, 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 you know, I didn't go down until February, so it was an awesome time. It's a great year that I remember. You would look at Hockey DB and think I hated that year, but, uh, you know, you're in the NHL. Of course, I could have played more. I had a concussion, too, that they were uh, the, the year before, so they were worried about that. Uh, anyway, I, you know, I had a great time in Montreal. But anyway, just telling about details and, and, and stories and all that. I mean, for those, because I get a lot of these emails, uh, you know, especially lately on, on the podcast. I don't have people working for me either. I got no producer. I got none of that shit. So... I get lots of feedback and anyway I had a feedback about storytelling first I'll get into a, a lot of you ask me how to do it and you want to write books and you would look just just write a lot of you ask me how how do I get a book deal well write something first and then have you know I, I would write it first and then submit it it's not an idea and then no one's going to sign you if you don't go out and do it. All this stuff I talk about was shit that I had written down my whole life. Like whenever anything interesting would happen, I would. So I, I wouldn't go out and write like a chapter. I would just write a little notes, right? I kept a little journal or diary, if you want to say that, but it was more of a journal sometimes four months ago, by, I wouldn't use it sometimes five times in a weekend. Right. You, you'd. I don't know. Weekend I met Dennis Rodman at planet Hollywood and all the Habs were there. And I mean, that's, that was a big one. Right. So all these, I mean, I know I got books, but I'm also 44 years old. I love to live. I try to have a good experience. But as Newfoundlanders, a lot of us are good storytellers, right? People say I'm a good storyteller, but A, personally, I'm eccentric and and I'm obsessive compulsive or ADHD. There's something I haven't been diagnosed, but whatever, you embrace it. I try to harness the energy the right way, but there's something there that helps in storytelling that doesn't help in other areas like, um, I don't know, trying to get to sleep at night. Um, but, um, but that's a lot of us here, you know, Newfoundlanders, very artistic would be one way to put it, but storytellers, I, I, I think, you know, performers there. And I think it comes from years of of having to live with the weather and everything. I I do like we go back where the oldest, well, we get the oldest city in North America in St. John's. The first all-round year set yearly or first settlement that people stayed all year was Cupids by John Guy in uh, 1603, I think, or 1604, one of those years. So, and then they were fishermen, so you you had to. You know, live on the edges of these cliffs in this kind of weather, right? With, with hurricanes and, and uh, you know, anybody who's been to Newfoundland, it's a great spot, right? But you don't come here for the weather if it's nice bonus, but it could be anything at any time. Now we're having a great summer and we had one last year. The seasons happen. Look where we are. We're not people think we're way up north, too. We're not look where we look at a map. It's just that we're right on the Atlantic and it's just like being right up in the mountains If the wind blows one way, it's completely different, especially when icebergs are coming. If if it's blowing off the land, great. It's 28 degrees, let's all go to Boring Park. If it's blowing the other way, it's foggy and the, the, the wind is traveling over icebergs and it's like June. So it can go either way. And with that comes everything. But as you see, I ramble, but I believe that's why we're good like, storytellers and poets and musicians and actors and we get so much of that here if you've ever anybody's ever been here for any length of time and walked around downtown must see that i mean every little pub there's there's a live band or, or live person live person live act of some sort there's all kinds of buskers and and performers and and uh events right so I believe that, um, to get back to what I was talking about earlier, man, do I ramble? Um, the microphone. So those guys are are great to me and everything, but I couldn't tell while I was doing the episode and I didn't re listen to it. And the microphone absolutely sucked. So I went back, And I got the one you're listening to now. And this one, I don't think sounds that good either. I find the levels really low. Um, I went back and I, I recorded myself for five minutes before this just to listen. And it doesn't sound good either, but it sounds passable. So I'll apologize now for this episode if it doesn't, if the acoustics aren't great. But I know you can at least hear me. Um... And it's fairly clear. So we shall move on. My guest today, Sandman, Taran Sandwith. So long-time listeners will know that I've had him on before, maybe even twice. I know I had him on once for his, like, life story. That's often what we do here, go through somebody's experiences in chronological order, order, which is essentially a life story um and i think i had him on one other time briefly in any case a real good friend of mine and because we usually have people on with their life story it's i find it hard to get to anything else so i just have some fun stuff i want to talk with sam and about he here's some information on him he's he, you know he played he's another member of uh the eight-game NHL club, first of all. I don't know how many of us there are, but he played for the Oilers. Um, and he also played for the Tri-City Americans right before I got there. Um Sam ends from out west, from Edmonton. I believe. I think there's a story there though. He moved. I will get it. Um and he played for the Tri-City Americans. We also were teammates on the St. John's Maple Leafs. That's where I really got to know him. He was leaving Tri-Cities as I was coming in. Richland, Pasco, Kennewick, for those of you that don't know, in the Western Division of the Western Hockey League. Um, and, you know, he's just got some good stories. I like his insight. And judging by the numbers, people like when I have him on, so I thought, why not? I have a studio coming soon uh, that's I'm gonna move to a Joe Rogan type atmosphere. Is my plan uh, to maybe do some, you know, local guests. I like I was gonna have Mick Davis from the Novaks on. I was gonna have Alan Doyle, a great big C. Uh, even Alex Newhook, I had him on once, but you know, he's played a since I've had him on. He's scored his first NHL goal and played eight games for the Avalanche in last year's NHL, this year's, sorry, NHL playoffs. So I wanted to have him on, but I, I don't, to be honest with you, even if it's your buddy, it's not as personal when you're doing them by zoom, which is how I'm doing them now. I want to have the studio. I want to look into somebody's eyes in real life and have a back and forth. And then I don't think I'd hog the mic as much. First of all, I think I'd be more at ease with it. It'd certainly feel like more comfortable and I could have a camera there and video for whatever reason, a lot of people like to watch these things. I've since come to uh, realize I didn't know any of that. So I'm kind of missing the boat. But now why you would want to look at this face, I I really don't have any idea. But hey, I guess people like the ambiance. I don't know. (laughs) Not of my face. But there got to be a reason that people watch these podcasts, right? I mean, apparently that's a thing. Uh, unbeknownst to me as of like two weeks ago. And anyway, if, if my, my, my plan gets even bigger than that, I would like to, at some point, uh, fly into different places and maybe get some local celebrities slashed intriguing people. And I have people on board to help me do that before I get flooded with emails. All this, uh, you know, is due to knowing a lot of locals here that are good at what they do and i think i can work something out for a studio and then the people at the hockey podcast network and that's who i work for so if you want if you're interested and you like hockey podcasts i don't have a time to listen to all 30 odd that they have they have 30 odd podcasts uh, and generally one for each nhl team and then they have a few you know like mine that are I wouldn't say opinion-based, but, you know, we can go in any direction. I'm like a renegade of the uh, of the hockey podcast network because, to be honest with you, I know what's to my advantage. I know what I'm decent at, and I think it's kind of like mine is kind of like if you're on a bus and a guy just got traded to your team and – no one really knows him yet, but he's having a beer back there and they're kind of getting to know him. And then I'm like, hey, well, this is a, did you know this about Man?" And then we'll t- tell that story. And then, you know, then the conversation comes with Man or whoever it would be. And everybody's sitting around and then he gets to tell some stories. That's generally what my podcast is. And to do that, I don't need to do much research. Right. And a lot of people I have on here, though they've accomplished a lot, it's in my head even the non-hockey players like Jim Cuddy, right? Like I got all their beautiful rodeos music. I got all his solo stuff. Um, so, and I love a lot of it. So then that saves me hours of research. Okay. And then I can just say, hey, what was it like to start uh, as the high fis in 1978 in um, New York, CBTG's? And, uh, you know, go from there. I And I know that information, whereby I don't know if I had, jeez, I don't know, Ariana Grande. Not that I would. It's not really my style, although good luck to her and all that, whatever. She knows how to make money. But, you know, if I did, I'd have to do a lot of research. So, but I do have a lot of people that are so interested in the hockey community. And I mean, even random hockey players, right? Like there's, If nothing else, I was a suitcase. I played all over. I'm still playing. So there's a lot of stories there. Now, people that listen to this seem to respond to exactly those kind of guys. Like Darcy Harris last week, you know, three years pro. Didn't play in the NHL. Has a fantastic story about getting an NHL contract, though. Um, Is a teacher now. People... like that at at the very beginning i wouldn't really have thought that those episodes would go over as as well as they do but uh hey they do and a it saves me a lot of time and (laughs) effort i guess but i'm so busy it's hard to do this right i plan them in the middle of the week uh so in a nine to five job i you know early in the day too I, i i probably wouldn't be able to do this but do four or five different things but anyway i do enjoy these conversations i'm not sure if i would say you know what i love podcasting all of these so far i'm lucky are just conversations with my buddies and i like to do that and at some point that'll run out i guess and then i'll really know if i love podcasting but uh in any case if there were people that I didn't know all to pieces, which is gonna happen, I'd way rather do that in a studio. And uh, maybe someday, relatively soon, I'll be coming to a city near you. And who knows, maybe we could do it in front of an audience. My mind is going quick on this stuff and uh, there's a lot of options. I guess it's however much work I wanna put in. So anyway, yeah, Sandman, uh god i I really do ramble is a great friend great guest and should have we should have an interesting conversation um i got a lot of messages about guys signing um in all sports actually uh because this is you know free agent frenzy and there's been trades and uh, this has been crazy off season in the uh, NHL too, but probably the craziest that I remember, but I guess that's subjective. What, you know, What's crazy for me isn't necessarily crazy for you. Your team probably did nothing, but I just think there's a lot more movement than there has been. I got nothing to go by, but you know, uh, I've just tuned out the last couple of weeks. You got to take some time off. And while I'm always trying to gather information, the last couple of weeks where I'd normally listen to hockey podcast after hockey podcast. Um, first, you know, I start my day. I, 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 I put on what I can. I listen to most of the hockey information from all the networks, but at this time of year, man, I throw on an interview. There's a nice new podcast called smartless. I like that one. Um, Joe Rogan, uh, Lex Friedman has a great one. Dan Carlin. I like the historical ones too, right? I like the interviews. I like uh, stories. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing, man. And you get to tune out. I think most people I'm talking to now probably tuned out. I mean, it couldn't be any more non-hockey season, could it? The dog days of summer and the season ended uncharacteristically late, Right? It was a fantastic attempt by the Montreal Canadiens if you're from Canada and you're supporting a Canadian team. But that seems like eight years ago. They got a half different team now. Corey Perry, who we all loved, and the first person that jumps into my head, he's playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning now. That's how quick things happen. And I just, I can catch all up with it in a couple of weeks. I don't mean to be ignorant to the people that sent me messages. That I didn't even get back to because there's a hell of a lot of them um but remember, I don't have a producer or someone to answer these. I don't have my own page it's all going through my own social media shit shit <laughs> social media platforms my god um and I honestly i you know I do a lot of other things i'm I'm running a bar I'm uh working and as a doing some stunts and acting uh and working on a film crew outside of that. So when I look down and, and, and when something like Chicklets happens, I have like, you know, h- hundreds of messages and it's hard to get to all of them. And I know most of you are just nice and supporting me and everything. And you generally want to know what I have to say, but I just can't get to all of it. And I apologize. And uh, I don't have much to say about the free agent signings yet. I know a couple in my head, but I don't even want to go there. Maybe that'll be next week. Uh, but for the time being, trend, the Sandman Samwith coming right up. Okay, we're back. My next guest is a fellow, former Tri-City American who played four years in the WHL, developing a reputation as a no-nonsense puck-moving defenseman. As a result, he was drafted in the second round, 42nd overall by the Philadelphia Flyers in 1990. He began his professional career in 1992-93 with the legendary Hershey Bears and went on to enjoy more than a decade of pro hockey all over the world, earning a degree in the process and parlaying that into a successful business career post-hockey card hero. Also a member of the distinguished eight-game NHL club and former St. John's Maple Leaf fan favorite, he is... A smart student, a good-looking guy, a wild Westerner, a fun friend, a boozing buddy, a tantalizing teammate. This might be a spoiler. He played for the Oilers. He knows lots of Dons, and he played in St. John's. He likes Jim Beam and played on the national team. He used to wear shades on the Kansas City Blades. He's had some long nights and has good stories about fights. If you know computers, you like gigabytes and bandwidth, Ladies and gents, please welcome back the man, Terran Sandman Sandwith. Enter Sandman. How you doing? Wow. Like, that's amazing. I
0: need a copy of that. Because I'm going to uh-huh. make everybody get used like yeah.
2: <laughs> Every time you go into some meeting, or let's just say you have a Zoom, there's a lot of that going on, I'm just going to start. I'm just going to push you out of the way, introduce you, you slide back in, and then everybody knows. And then they know
0: that we're on the same page.
2: You know what yeah. you're dealing with. So, Sam, man, what I love about having you back is that we can talk about anything. We don't have to go f- through, through your career from start to finish. I just touched on the main highlights of it. So what I'd like to do is stroll down memory lane a little bit, get your opinions on some current stuff a little bit, and then at the end, maybe just some random... Uh, Random questions. Is that is this all right with you?
0: Well, I love when you have all these best laid plans, and we're probably going to go right off the mark. But go ahead. Start, <laughs> okay. <start>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can go-, go off the tangents, right? Like so. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm going really like, to ask. Realistically,
0: anything like that.
2: <laughs> realistically, four questions will be asked, <laughs> and you'll get out of here in an hour and thirteen minutes. No. Uh, okay. So, I want to start with this one, and this is current. Uh, what would happen? Well, first of all, I forget Luke. What's Pro Cop? Is that the, Cop. what's the kid? Pro Cop. Yeah. Pro yeah. Cop. Is that his name? Oh, Pro Cop, yeah. Luke Pro Cop. Okay, so he came out as um, yeah, he, he's the first player that I know, and judging by the media, that came out while they're playing and while they're being a prospect on the way to the NHL and, and admitting that they are gay. And by the way, more power to him. Anybody to have to bottle that up. On top of all the pressures that go with, I mean, life, but pro hockey, we know pro hockey. Can you imagine being that age and having to bottle that up? My question is, so hats off to him. My question, what would have happened in our day? Now someone walks in and they say, guys, I got something to say. What do you think? I really, I'm baffled. I I, I don't know what, I I think I've played with players. I don't want to name anybody. I just if, if I had to guess and judging by the law of averages and what they say, I would think that there's one or two, but if they had actually said it now, I wouldn't have cared, but what kind of a reaction you think would have happened?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I think that there was definitely more than one or two. There's probably a lot more that we have no, had no idea about too. Right. And uh, you know, you, yes, there's probably a couple of players I thought, you know, probably were gay. And, um, I think would be a spectrum of things as like, I mean, obviously, you know, society at large is a lot more progressive than we were when we played. And then hockey was definitely back then a macho game with like the fighting and all that kind of stuff. But I think you would have had probably kind of a similar reaction, but maybe the percentages would change. You'd have guys like us, like who really wouldn't care, you know, and like glad that he felt comfortable coming out. uh, You know what I mean? And then there was probably guys that would be like, uh, you know, not wanting to shower with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like thinking that, you know, yeah. he's going to talk talk them into being gay or something. You know what I mean? Like there's probably like there's a whole to be a whole
2: spectrum, right? But I I I I, th- I think they would have gotten blackballed. I don't I, I don't know. I just think that within the aura that was pro hockey, right? I think they would have been. And Sam Man, I find that funny too. I was um, talking. I don't want to say who, but I, you know, it's come up. I talked with a couple, and, and and one that's what one dude said. He's like, oh, man, well, you know, just don't shower with me. And I'm, I'm like, what do you mean? Is Does everybody, like, what are you talking about? If I go swimming, I don't think every girl is, like, going to jump and try to blow me. You know what I mean? Like, okay, <laughs> exactly. so we're showering.
0: You know what I think the worst would be is... Maybe the guys in the dressing room would just like kind of get, you know, after maybe obviously being shocked and whatever, he's still your teammate and it would be okay. But like think of the chirping. Like we would back then, you would say anything. Oh, and yeah. And so if everybody knew like he was gay, oh, like it would just be relentless uh chirping yeah. going on. And you know like this totally, if... totally offside, totally not, not right, right? But that's that would have probably been the worst. Oh for, man, again. are you
2: kidding? Do you oh, know how many times if you were if you were Dancing too close to a guy the next day at the game. Hey, Ryan, you suck cock. Definitely. What? Well, because no-
0: and, and, we had any little leg up you could get on a guy. Like if you could trip about anything, you finally find a good, you know, a mother, like whatever. Like the guys are just on a field day. And that and nobody, time. Yeah. Nobody would get in trouble for it. Like today. I mean, you, if you say something like that, I mean, rightfully so, you know, like yeah. you're suspended, you're gone. Like that's garbage. Right. It's all, but back
2: then. It
0: wasn't as enlightened as it is now. So he would just get chirped all the
2: time. Sam, man, back then, the only thing that was starting to be a thing was the racist talk. And there yes. started to be suspensions. 100%. But you could say anything. You could, 100%. other than that, other than that, it did not matter. Anything went. And now <laughs> I find you listen to, like, Mike up, would Up and stuff on, on YouTube. And they're, they're more funny. Like, people really almost take pride in chirping. Back in the day, you know frank by wanted to kill you and his trips yeah. were because i want to smash your face in right. now it's almost a performance
0: yeah exactly yeah no it's actually hilarious some i love that well ho- hockey hockey players and again i'm obviously very biased but the best chirpers in the world like it, you know it's awesome
2: yeah i don't know I how it getting, landed there but the it, it totally I is i love
0: like you know what the favorite thing being around a bunch of hockey guys is like guys just starting to chirp each other like i just love getting
2: chirped like it's just like
0: give it give it to me like
2: i just love it yeah well i was i was just telling the story on chicklets man so um and it was early in the game and probert and i think because probert chirped me but and i believe he said um my rum and coke gets more ice than you get but yeah but the thing was like yes but my buddy danny cleary i forgot to mention my buddy danny cleary got his first goal that night he was playing on chicago And and Cam Russell told me when I went on the ice, he said, "Does your coach know you're out here?" But (laughs) which I found really funny. I remember started laughing. Like, but when I I said it, um. And often because I get these messages and people are like, oh, man, I can't believe he said that. I'm like, no, it was a joke. And I didn't know these guys. It was almost like an honor because Cleary had told them stories and Craig Mills that were right. playing on Chicago. Yeah. Right. They heard the draft story and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I knew <laughs> Corson knew these guys and everything. So oh, yeah. I was just waiting to meet them after the game anyway. So it's not like Probert fucking hated me. I would, you know. Oh and i, <laughs> I, I think aware it's, it's a term of endearment almost like the better the more yeah. you get chirped means the more they like you yes <laughs> and i tried to explain that to people i was like no man it was an honor he only said it because he knew i really looked up to him and then i knew clearly i gotta i'm trying to think of the guy's name but my favorite chirp
0: uh playing hawk elf i never forget it was uh we were lining up or playing albany and Dennis Bondy was on our team. Dennis Bondy's an unbelievable chirper, like he, from he's an East Coast guy, right? Like so he, he come up with these one-liners. And I'm trying to think of the guy's name. He was a tough guy on the other team, and he had the biggest melon you i ever seen. Like, I mean, I don't know how they get him a helmet. It's just huge. Yeah. You know, and he goes, he's we're like the puck is just getting ready to be dropped, and I can't remember the centerman. Um, you know, you know him too. But anyway, he. Uh, literally like you know it goes silent just before the oh, puck yeah. drop right and, it, and he goes he goes so and so i'm not sure if i'd want a million dollars or your head filled up with pennies
2: <laughs> i love that
0: <laughs> and so literally the ref got up and he turned away he was he couldn't stop laughing i was laughing i was right by their bench <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, the whole thing stopped. Everybody had to skate away and was laughing. I've never, like, I've never <laughs> seen that happen before. And, like, I'm laughing with the guys on the bench on the other, on the Albany's team. I'm like, that was the best year I've ever and They were all the like, kind of coaches laughing, yeah. their coach, everybody's laughing. And it took us like a couple minutes just to take a break <laughs> to get back in the game.
2: <laughs> and oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, and then it's just a race to, You know what's funny? I heard that one. Sean Robertson in Bentley playing senior hockey 07-08, and I nearly fell off the bench. And I'm like, oh, and it's funny how it'll make its way around till some. it's one of those that no one could say that anymore. Sean Robertson owned that in the Chinook Hockey League. And then it's it's so awesome. And people talk about their favorite chirps and everything else. And often, oh, speaking of that, speaking of that. Okay. This was way down the line, but um, your favorite anthem. The only reason I say it is because a guy in Tacoma, I don't know if it was there when you were there. Were the Tacoma Rockets there when you were there? Oh, they were in the league at that, that okay. time. Okay. So he used to like, he used to yell into this horn and the way he had it shaped, it would like go right up and come over the boards and it had like a megaphone end on the end of it. So you could hear, so like... Uh, Tom Zaboduck was short. So he's like, Hey Zaboduck, are those your legs? Or did you ride in on a pig? Like, and you could hear it the whole game. Hey, that's not a, that's not offside or that's offsides ref. Karminisky's nose is in by the net. He got a big beak on him. So, but this guy then came out is my favorite that, so he's tripping us in warmup and I'm talking all about him and I'm going, wait till you hear the dude with the horn. And anyway, he puts it down and they, they announced and, and he walks out and he comes out to sing the anthem. And he sucks. And I'm going, Whoa, this is too much. Why well, he couldn't hit a note. And then he went back there chirping with his fucking horn. Anyway, we just let him have it back in the day when you could throw water bottles at him too. Right. But yeah, you know, I was going to ask yeah, you, exactly. what's your favorite yeah. anthem ever?
0: My favorite anthem, like, wait, was what there do you a mean, place? like you know, American-Canadian
2: national anthem? Well, anything. What I loved, and I don't know if you had anywhere that stood out, but Portland Winterhawks used to play God Bless America, and the place yes, would be, and that. yeah, wasn't that great?
0: That, yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. I You know what? Actually, I go back to, that's a great question. I haven't really thought about it, but I think that... Uh, when uh, we played in St. John's in that old, the old rink, right, oh, and they yeah. played the national anthem, it was such a little, tight little like thing, and it was. Uh, the and they queen, would often.
2: The queens on the wall. Yeah, you're right, and they yeah, would uh, often I, bring I out that, the bagpipes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was a good. That was a good spot. And can you hear me? By the way, I know I'm because my microphone sucked last week. I had Greg Schmidt on, and he went through so much, man. His son got murdered a few months ago. Um, his other son plays up north with uh, a couple of good kids I skate with. He's one of my best dudes I ever came across playing hockey. He's just a wicked, wicked dude. And I went back and listened to it, and I couldn't – the reverberation from my mic- microphone, I just couldn't get around it, and I had to cancel that episode. So imagine that, going, hey, Schmitty, uh-huh. we were laughing, we were crying, we were everything for two full hours. Hey, Schmitty, can you do that again? I know. Horrible. So anyway – And then he lost – uh, and well, so, uh, I had to, ca- I had to
0: cancel it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to sound good. You're, you're fine. Um, you're breaking up a little bit, but I'm not sure if it's my connection or yours. I think I have a pretty good internet connection, but I'll, you're, bre- you're breaking
2: up there a little bit, but we're good right now. So I'll let you know if it changes. Thank you. Okay, one sec. Okay, Sam, man, I just actually moved. Uh, tell me if it keeps going in and out. I'm not really sure the internet connection is normally good. But the last couple of weeks, I've had so much and until I get a studio, you know, and that I'll tell you about what my plans are. But it's only my computer and a microphone. Yeah. So yeah. and I went and got this at Long and McQuaid. It, it doesn't sound good to me either. But at the end, it sounds completely different than when I test it. So I don't even fucking know, man. Know, um, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from that. I think the last question I asked you was about the national anthem, right? The
0: anthem, yeah, yeah. We were just talking St. John's and Portland, which Portland was a great rink to play in. Like, I think I think the anthems were always about like it was almost about the rink. Like you know, you played in some really cool ranks uh older ranks or whatever and the fans or whatever and then that, when the anthem came on yeah. it was more of a whole atmosphere and not about necessarily the, the singer or whatever but the god bless america when i totally remember that that's good a great one
2: yeah it was the only like it was the first time i came across the song first of all and it really reminded me that i was in the united states i've right. no one would ever sing that in canada yeah like portland's such a such a nice city yeah uh name five things you think let's say three because we'll go on that were different about the WHL when when you played or I guess by extension when I played.
0: You don't like you you just throwing this stuff at me here. Like I, I think you should have given me these questions ahead of time so I could come up with some really good stuff. Well, but let's you know? think
2: of well, I want the three obvious ones, <laughs> if I give you too much time, A we'd be here forever and one of us enough. will get arrested.
0: I'm just kidding. Um the what's different well definitely the quality of the buses like you know like we used to sleep on the floors in the chairs these guys got sleepers and beds and all this kind of stuff right yeah like that like you can imagine like like we drive 12 hours and you would be sleeping on the floor
2: yeah and oh cushion i remember I remember folding up pizza boxes more than once. Like it was a go-to. Yeah, like if, yeah. my, if my pillow was just not, I'd put my pizza box, fold it up, throw that on the on the leg re- or the leg rest of the chair in front of me, whatever it was, yeah. wedge myself down in between the seats. Yeah. And the funniest thing was like being happy, going like, oh, oh, that's good. And then like so much joy when you found a comfortable spot. And And on the other side, like I'm happy about, wedging my way out of this bus that i don't want to know what i'm sleeping on uh, with a bunch of men it's just like you know oh the things that give you joy
0: well and then we'd have to go play a game like i mean you know now now like there's so much more uh in, in every layer of sports and but hockey definitely it's like they actually think about how do we prep these players and put them in the best position like diet wise, you know, fitness wise, sleeping, you know, course. How can we make it so we can win the game? We have a better chance of winning the game if our players are in better condition or whatever, right? Back then, it's like, no, just just sleep on the floor for twelve hours and then get off the bus and go play a game. And you know, cam loops, you know, and they're gonna get your you know, Scott Niedermeyer is gonna like just dangle you because you can't even keep your eyes open.
2: <laughs> and it's like Oh, totally. and you would always hear the whole time you'd hear the crunch of the chips and the spit sound of people spit and chew just like what else is unhealthy no one monitored well, anything
0: well <laughs> that's another we could put that on the list too like chew, getting like half the team right like spit and chew all the time and like oh my god i'm like what are you i was like why would you do that like i mean it's like, because you know i mean you're young and you're single and whatever and you go like so guys go to the bar with a chew cup be spitting in the bar i'm like what would any girl want want to talk to you <laughs> talk to you
2: what you're doing that? totally totally why would you're taking yourself right out of the game you're making my job much easier right but again I know I I, I guess it's perspective you know, I'm like well, if you're if you're not here to have a good time and socialize with me women or whatever it is like whatever bar you're in there's why are you spending six bucks seven bucks a beer you just go to the hotel
0: <laughs> yeah, the whole point. Um, so another thing definitely we got obviously I think um, low-hanging fruit is a fight that fight that fight it's in the tough guys and stuff back then right like i mean there was some and and you know i think even like what you're a little bit younger than me like you it was still tough back then but it was like almost like every generation like it was like used to be tougher like the the old school guys that were really tough and then it was like then we came in we had a bunch of tough guys but not as tough as the previous generation you know what i mean and uh like i like a a name that popped in my head is a scary tough carrie toporowski Like that was his nickname. And he played in Spokane and he broke the penalty Minute record. And I think you've talked about him before because he, without 10 minutes. minutes, right? Without 10 minutes, he had 500 and some penalty Minutes. And I'm not lying to you. Every single shift, every single shift he was on the ice, he was trying to fight somebody. Like, you know, usually tough guys or whatever, like, you know, you play the game and then if something happens or, you know, you get a change of momentum of game, whatever, like he literally was going out every single shift to try and
2: fight. So, like, so, it was so
0: like, relentless.
2: there's a one in three chance that you're going to get like every time, every time your shift rolls up, there's a one in three chance that you're going to step onto the ice and a big, mm-hmm. tough person with a weapon wants to fight you right
0: like who wants that oh my god but that was like i think the mentality of uh especially the western league um and you know pro pro at that time too but like the mental part of the game right has changed so much because especially for a guy that might like i was never like the tough guy on the team but i may have to fight the tough guy on the other team every single game so like you know what's like the mental part of it getting ready for a game and like looking at the sheet and going, Oh my God, they like five guys with over 200 pims," and this guy's a lefty. And this, you know what I mean? Like, you're like, you've got to think about that. So you're spending all this time and energy and anxiety on not playing the actual game of hockey. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what a waste of energy. Like, you know, and that, like, <laughs> that is like, like you literally it's flipped. Like you, you don't even think about fighting. So you're actually thinking about like playing the game of hockey. Which is, just, it was like we were gladiators back then, you know? Like, it was like, just go in the ring and like see what
2: happens, you know? Because <laughs> it's survival of the fittest. How about camp? How about any camp back then? I don't care what you say. They had their scores picked out. By the yeah. time we got there, there's nobody at any camp from junior to pro for like an eight year period that yeah. to me was anything other than a brawl.
0: Well they used to uh, you know, it at the, the end of my career, it started kind of tapering down, like, but but at the beginning of my career, like they would invite 80 guys to camp. And they would go down to the any like league, like the what the Sunshine League East Coast league, and they would just try and find the toughest guys they can find. Cause you know, like they, they can find somebody that can fight NHL heavyweights, anyway, so they're get them from anywhere, right? So you go to camp and there would be like these guys that are like nothing to lose. And, and they, they, they had to fight somebody to show how tough they are, right? And you're like, oh, my God. And you and then you don't even know who these guys are, right? So you don't know how tough they are. You don't know if they're lefty. You don't know anything about them, right? So you're like, oh, my God.
2: It was yeah, just crazy. It was. And, yeah, for those that don't know, we just talked about Kerry Toporowski. So in the early 90s, in the Western League was the only league, which I can't believe this happened, but they came in and they said, no more warming up together. So – Every warm-up that I ever had in the WHL was completely separate than the other team. And they said no more 10-minute misconducts because word was someone was going to try to get 1,000 penalty minutes. And Kerry Toporowski said, fuck you yeah, anyway. He led – He's. I think he still has the record. That's without 10-minute misconducts, which is the easiest penalty minute to get. So he must have had 800 penalty minutes, Sam man.
0: But buddy, I'm telling yeah, and I'm telling you like the, I know how he did it because I've played against him. Like I mean, I'm, I'm telling you every single shift, every single shift he was trying to fight somebody. But you know where that that whole thing started, Abe, with the uh, with the nets and the separate warmups was in Prince Albert, right? Yeah, and I heard that. that was just before four or five years before I played, or maybe two. I don't even know. I was in the league, but um, uh, Prince Albert had the super tough team. They had like Dave Manson, I think. Um, oh, who was the other guy that was super tough? Uh, but anyway, they, like, Tim they Baumgartner, float. maybe Baumgartner was on the team. Thank you. Yeah. He was on there. Um, and then I think like Swift current was coming in and they didn't have a tough team. And so Dave Manson goes down and takes their net and puts it like crossways on there, on there. So they, they warmed up with two nets while the other guys didn't have a net and nobody would cross the red line to get the
2: net. Wow. They were so they warmed up without a net. And that's where that came in. <laughs> You'd have to though. I'm so stupid though. You know, I would just run into the other zone and like, just like, like, a, and get shit kicked <laughs> by 20 people. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back in. And that's why we were, see, to me, it wasn't an option not to, so you might as well learn how to do it because yes. I can't, there's no way I'm going to like slither through my career and avoid yes. all of these guys. So I would <laughs> rather have their respect all I yeah. got to do is do it and then I have the respect and then I get the respect of my teammates and, you know, scouts apparently like it. They're salivating when I do it. So like, yeah, it becomes, wow. and it's a game within a game. I remember going like, you know, okay, wait, this is before the second. I'd rather get it out of the way now. And then I got five extra <laughs> penalty minutes. And if I could start it and get it seven minutes and then like, just stupid. <laughs> well, you know what? Like it's, I, it's I'm going to ask you a question here. Cause uh,
0: you know, you took it to the extreme, right? Like you were, a, you were a skilled player. And then you just probably had to fight a few times to be okay, but no, you just would fight anybody. <laughs> like, I'd I you all the time. Like, that one game in uh Philly with those uh McLaren, and you fought the uh, three guys, remember? And that? it was totally, I was like, so I was like, what the hell are you doing? Like, the
2: sir, the McLaren, Anthony. and
0: Belanger. yeah. And you were giving up pounds and weight oh. to all them, right? Like, you weren't you technically were not a heavyweight, like, you know, you, you, because of your size, mm. but you would fight these guys all the time and you didn't, you didn't give a shit. You'd go toe to toe with them. So you were, I, I like I'd say this to everybody, you pound for pound were the toughest guy I ever played with because your mentality was you didn't get, you didn't give a shit. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well. you, like, no, but you know what I mean? Like, but you, uh, I, like, let me ask you this. If you go back, would you in the same era? Like, so nothing changed. Would you, would you, do you wish you fought less? And just kind of, or not just your that was just your mentality. And you didn't
2: care. That's that's a great question. Um, there was all kinds of reasons. You see, I did it. So it's it it's a loaded question because fought less for what like a lot of it. Sometimes was anxiety. Like if, if we were going in somewhere and they had those guys, I'd like to get out of the way first. And no, for some reason, no. then I could play without worrying about it. I might even get into another one, but I was relaxed going in. I didn't no. like the feeling if I knew it was going to happen. And then there was. I'm going to get on the score sheet somehow, whatever team I played on, I felt like I wasn't doing my job. If I went to sleep, I went four games and there was zeros. They're very, very, if you were Vegas odds, it goes to 99% that I'm going to fight because at least now I, I, I didn't like scoring slumps. I didn't like any of that pressure in any way. So yeah. I often yeah. did it to avoid the pressure because yeah. like, no one's going to come in and say, you're not doing anything. No, I'm doing yeah. something. I just fought Taidomi. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know,
0: well, you yeah, you were the ultimate team guy as well. Like you would, uh, you would do whatever it takes. You know,
2: that that when I mean, you had that whole, you could score, you could fight, you could whatever, right? You could and, chirp. Well, I, I I appreciate that, Sam, and I do. And I always wanted to be loose and have fun. And I also there's also another element. As you do it, you're gaining these guys respect, and I wanted respect from these tough motherfuckers that were doing this. Yeah for a living. And I knew I could, you know, I don't want to say fall back on scoring. What a cocky thing to say, but I knew I could put the puck in the net. And the final part of it is that. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you I mean, half the fights you were in, you didn't want to get in them, but you knew that you could, you look down the bench, you're yeah. like, Oh fuck. Silaps is not going to do it. Tyler Harlton's definitely not going to do it. Okay. Who's out there? Jesus. Okay. These guys are out. Okay, boys, I'll take this one for, you know, for us, I'm probably not going to win, but I can get him at <laughs> least some kind of a skirmish. The fans are going to cheer. We're going to go to the box and this guy's not going to be thinking about you.
0: Well, here's the other thing too. Don't you kid yourself. Like those guys were like, like love to fight you because they were bigger than you. Right. So yeah. You, and, and so they were, and they knew you would fight like, you know what I mean? So they knew you would fight them and you'd never say no to a fight. And, and they're not going to look like a bully. And you're already, yeah, exactly. I'm not letting you bully me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but then you're giving up weight. And you're giving up pounds, you're giving up, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you would fight like you would, you wouldn't get, you would never get into a fight, and just uh, grapple a guy. Like you going, you went toe to toe every single <laughs> time.
2: Yeah, that's the other thing. I know. Once I'm into it, I'm like, yeah. I'm into it now. I'm into it. This is the moment. Yeah. Let's yeah. just do it and yeah. do it right. <laughs> and then it's fucking over. But let's just do it right. I didn't want to wrestle and fall down because then volume two is going to happen. And let's just yeah. do this. And there was yeah. always the, momentum is something too so if you were a straight up tough guy like if you were coming into the game like when we played I don't know Dennis Maxwell or Sean Thornton right not yeah. taking anything away from authority he became a great third line but I'm just saying on that year we played with him on the Leafs, he was yeah. putting Vaseline on his face wearing yes. goalie jerseys wearing leather strap I mean there's a reason he was doing yeah. that so he was yeah. going in to fight McLaren and them if he goes out and fights McLaren and loses two in a row that's not good for us but yes. for me I yeah. used to think I'm fighting these people like it's, it's a win win because I'm not expected to win. If I just start going, if I get one punched, I guess it's a loss, but you know, the the style of fighting, I knew everybody would cheer. So it's all about momentum and I might even get beat, but if I throw 30 and we go toe to toe to toe to toe and people are, then you're also, I don't want to say letting yourself off the hook, but your team has a better chance for momentum. Right. But if I grab Martin St. Louis and don't absolutely, even then, even then, yeah. it's going to be like, you fucking, I might start something. Yeah. Now you might have to fight because I made a bad decision. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. No, the psychology of the fighting, uh, there's so many layers to it, right? Like, and the timing and the people you fought and why you fought, but you know, it's was all this, this code that you'd, you can't even explain, right? Like you're, you're, you're doing a hell of a job
2: explaining it, but it's like, there's so many intricate things that went into it. Right. So many. Yes, exactly. Um, it's almost, there's so many nuances within that it, it, describing fighting, let alone like, should we, or shouldn't we? And yeah. I mean, things have changed over time. It, And I'm just realizing now I'm watching the history of hockey again. And I watched, yeah. there's eight parts. There's a, I think it was made in Canada. Maybe CBC did it years ago. Okay. I got the DVDs down there. I, I'm forgetting. So, And that'll tell you one thing, but the one I'm looking at now is like a history of, I don't know who's doing it. It's like a Ken Burns thing, but it's not. Anyway, I'll have it next episode. But it takes you through like really the history of it in like the rules and everything. In the 1930s, if you had a penalty shot, you just stood up like like soccer, like a certain level or or, or distance out from the goal and took a slap shot. I mean, you could take anything, but generally they took slap shots. Right, Um, right. And I'm going, wow, like yeah. 10 years before that, there was a rover. Yes,
0: I heard about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yes. Then until like the, the 60s, there was no 80 game. And I think it was 72. And then it went to 80, like in, in the 70s. And you're going. So when you hear like traditionalists, traditionalists, spit it out. You know, that say, "Oh, we can't like, let's say a few years ago when they took out the red line. Now, I do think there's, a, there's something to be said for having it in. It slows it down, less concussions. But I remember people flipping out about, you know, the game. We don't want to change it, right. but it's always been changing. Right. So who would be a player? I always ask people their favorite players. Is there anybody you looked up to like that played before, say, 1960? Are you familiar with that era at all?
0: Very well. Other than the big ones, right? Like Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Um, and I was a, I was a defenseman when I was coming up. I was at, like when I was a kid growing up. Like I was uh I was an offensive defenseman, right? And I was and I and I and I. It was Paul Coffey and Bobby Orr that I looked up to because I wanted to get that puck up and then like, wheel up the ice and you know go through everybody kind of stuff, right? So
2: you would have seen Coffey play live. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't yeah. imagine. Of all, it's, it's funny, funny. It. when 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 kids ask me about you know, the teams, like, I, I don't know, I, I know the late Oilers, like dynasties and things like that, you know, P- Pittsburgh just won three in a, you know, inside of a decade, yeah um which is, I mean, the closest thing you're going to get to a dynasty. Now, maybe, I'm wrong though, Jeez, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay can do it if they win one next year and arguably the next year after that. But it's very rare, how do you build your team? Even there, there's an asterisk, you hit Kusarov all year, right? It's going to be something like that. It's hard in a league full of rules that determine, you know, usually a, a fair amount of parity. And, you know, I didn't really see the Canadians of the late 70s. I, I did. I saw highlights, and they must have been great. But, you know, I'm in my wheelhouse watching the Oilers in the 80s, right, Be- becoming – I'm a kid starting forming memories. And they ask me, I'm like, you oh, know, there was great players. And, of course, Wayne Gretzky. and you know, who, 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 Of course, you're going to watch his highlights. And Yari Curry. And, you know, Grant Fuhrer was an awesome goalie. People are starting to forget. I used to watch games to see Paul coffee. He was the only person in the league that would start right from his own end and go, even Gretzky maybe could do it, but he, he did it slower. Everything was going at his pace. Yeah. Um, Coffey just wound up like, and that one of the most beautiful skaters you'll ever see and go around the whole team.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. And that was like, I, that's kind of what I'm And when I'm saying I, I was in P week, right. And I was six foot four when I was like 13, 14, like I was just a gargantuan kid. So it was easy for me to go through everybody at that age, right? Yeah. And so I would, I would, uh, so the, I'll tell you a quick funny story about Paul Coffey. So I, I looked up to him and idolized him. And like I said, I was like six foot four and I was like, 12, I was 12 or 13 years old and he knew the, uh, the team we were playing, he knew the coach on the team. So he came and stood on the bench and I couldn't even speak. And I'm like kind of nudging him. He's, it's after, after the game. And I'm like, I'm standing over top of him. Like he's only, he's 5'11", 6'11". So I'm this big goofy kid towering over top of him and I'm trying to punch him for an autograph. So uh, yeah, it's hilarious. Anyway, so I had a Paul Coffey's autograph. And so fast forward, um, we do that. um, I'm in the construction industry in Edmonton and we put a team in every year in the Alzheimer's Pro-Am tournament, which is like, you know, you raise money for Alzheimer's and then the top team drafts a pro on their team like first, second, third. You were out there the one year. So Paul Coffey uh, was on in the, in the thing. And, and so he, we drafted him on our team one year. And so then, you know, you go back every year. And so you get to know Paul, like to say hi, like, you know, and he, he figured out that I'd played for the Oilers a little bit. So he kind of, you know, I mean, we weren't buddies by any means, but, you know, yeah. when we saw hi, hey, how's it going? Well, I moved uh, to Toronto and I, I moved in, unbeknownst to me, like 15 houses down from Paul Coffey. What the so chances? I, I run into him in Edmonton here at this Alzheimer's thing. And I said, yeah, I just moved in this new house. And he said, well, what, what, what's your address? And I said, you like, literally are down the street from me. So I go and see him like, you know, if I'm back and he's got this uh, big uh, German shepherd, beautiful dog and my kids, uh, we didn't have a dog and they just love this Reg, Reg Dunlop. And so basically I became he just said, "Come in every time you want. Take Reg for walks. Like he just leaves really great with my girls." So I'm basically jokingly like I was. I'm Paul Coffee's dog walker. Like, oh you know? man! I mean, I have, we haven't done it for years, but I got <laughs> well. But like it's like going from like being an idol idolizing the guy to going into his house. I had his I had his code to his uh, house, so if they weren't home, I could just walk in, grab Reg, and go for a walk with the kids. I'm like I'm I'm Paul Coffee's dog walker.
2: That's incredible. I remember you told me that I forgot. I forgot. But I remember you told me that he moved into or he lived in your neighborhood. I didn't realize the dog walking thing. Wow, man. You've had that under your hat. The stories that you have under your hat are incredible. Um, Do you think the media now are being too hard on Matthews and Marner? Do you think they'll uh, turn it around in Toronto? What do you think? Are you an optimistic? Even if you're not a fan, you live in Toronto for a good portion of the year. What do you think?
0: Yeah, well, I, I have to yeah, I have to listen to Leafs Nation all the time, but it's, and I'm uh, definitely an Oilers uh, guy for obvious reasons. But I will say, like last year, I was really impressed with Dubas and how he put that team together. Like I thought, like that, you know you got some good veterans in the room there, and like you got your third fourth lines and they got some grit there, and obviously Matthews Marner, and um, you, know, you got the goaltending. So I was like during the whole year, I was like, this is a team. This these guys can go far, right? So I, I think that, you know, that, that gets lost in it. And I got to say, thank God that they lost in seven games. Because remember, the Oilers just lost in four straight. Oh, my so God, I, yes. By everybody, the Leafs fans, right? Because, you know, the Leafs are going to go on. And i little a little You know, they, they lost in seven. I I'm like didn't have to hear this chirping anymore. But, you know, you forget about... Obviously, the Leafs fans are super upset, as Edmonton fans are as well. But what happened last year... but man, you got to just take a step back. Like I, they, they got a good core, a good group. Like they lost Hyman to Edmonton, which I think is awesome. But, uh, I, you know, it's kind of like what, again, I think Edmonton and Toronto are so similar, right? Like, and they got, you got two superstars. Um, you know, the expectations are super high. Um, you got, so what do you think will do better? I think this season, I actually think the Oilers, uh, will take a bigger leap than, than the Leafs. Um, but I think that, uh, those guys are good. Like, I mean, those guys got something to play for now. Like Mar- well, they all do, but you know, Mark thinking about Marner and Matthews, like think about like um, Washington, like how many years did Washington fail in the playoffs before they, you know, they finally won. Right. And they were, OV was getting a lot of crap and whatever. Then they kind of broke through and got there finally. Like there's, there's so many examples of her. Like I, how, what, what team doesn't lose like to a couple times and have to go through those battles to make it. So I, I think that you know, least nation you just got to take a big, deep breath, you know, and let, the organization do their work because they actually I think they have pretty good strategy and a good plan but uh, you know in, in today's social media age right like you're never going to keep everybody happy there's a lot, of, a lot of upset Oilers and Leafs fans
2: for sure. Yeah exactly um, and for me I don't know man like the jury's out if I think if they'd want a round like it, it, I think with the Leafs it's that they don't win a round like with all with, with, with Washington now what does a round mean really other than money for the owner but it, I guess it keeps your interest peaked, but I, I I think they're too good. It's not like they're trying to go out there and fail. And there's got to be a level of anxiety and nerves coming in. You don't want to hear that from someone making 10.9. I know, I know. But Math, or Matthews, I think, is, you know, the, the, the purest, well, because Ovechkin's still playing. I don't want to say that but he's one of the most pure scorers I've ever seen in my life. And Matt or Mariner, I love watching play when he's on. What a great player to watch. So I think it it, it was tough this year for Oilers fans too. But I think in both cases, if it's a year from now and neither one of those teams has won a playoff round, I think then maybe now you start going, okay, what can we do to shuffle things up here? Big time.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if they, if they don't make, if both of them don't make a big leap and at least win one round next year, there there's going to be some, hell to pay for people. There'll be some changes for sure.
2: Who do you think could win in a fight? Or do you think Ryan Reeves could beat Bob Probert? Everything else in hockey seems people talk, well, uh, Zdeno Chara's slap shot is harder than McKinnis. Well, there's one pieces. Uh, you know, this guy's a better hitter. This guy's a better scorer. If Gretzky wouldn't have those goals, if there was no goalies, uh, if, the, if goalies were better pads, you know, there's always that in the past they were worse. But one thing that comes into my mind is that, toughness and i don't know ryan reeves is a big guy i don't think he would beat bob probert of course anybody can win one fight but i think probert's tougher what do you think
0: oh there's no question and it's not even necessarily the physical attributes it's a mentality right like we just talked about it the mentality of bob probert was like loved to fight like he loved you know
2: and he was the toughest in an era of fighters
0: he would fight in the bars like you know i remember stories i can go put in adirondack and he used to play there. And, like, he would just go to the bar and get in fights, you know? And there's legendary stories about that. And then, you know, then he goes up. So, like, I don't think Ryan Reeves is doing that, you know? Like, So, your, 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 your total mental thing
2: is totally different. Can you imagine Probert after a playoff round going, hey, guys, good, good series on Twitter, tweeting it out? Oh, my God. <laughs> imagine Bird Dog going back. Imagine them having a back and forth. Hey, Bob, nice series. Like, now... <laughs> Be as exactly. tough as you want, it's just not it's, as tough of an era and
0: kisses after the game, and it gets all milk and cookies and everything else. Uh, definitely, that's a different time, but we're talking now. We sound really old when we start talking like that,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, I was just thinking of there's not many areas that the game hasn't improved, if you want to, or at least obviously improved. Now, fighting aside, whether you're in or out, he had Ryan Reeves is a tough guy, and Probert, but yeah, Probert was survival of the fittest man. He was yeah. the king of the castle in an era that was probably the toughest. Oh um, so cool. you know, they were I know it was always tough, and people say, Eddie Shore, old school hockey. I'm not and even the 70s or 70s flyers and stuff, Sam I, I know it was a tough era, but like Dave Schultz had 20 goals. Chris Nylon in the 80s had 20 goals, Probert had 30. In our era, it started to be we're going to hire you and you're going to get one shift and you're going to build yeah. yourself up and you're going to be a tank and you're going to be Tony yeah. Twist and you're going to break orbital bones, right? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Probert came out of that era as the toughest. Do you think Ovechkin will break the record? He just signed for five years. He'd need 33 goals a year, average.
0: For five years. Uh, and how, I forget how old he is right now. Do you know? Top of your head? I, I don't, I, I mean, just my instinct says no. He's not gonna get he's just gonna he'll taper off uh like he might do this for the next two three years maybe but that last year like those last kind of run but you lying, know, but, yeah. if, but if he goes out and scores you know 50 over the next couple of years I don't know then now you're talking right maybe he can not you know. that
2: I wouldn't love to see a guy who's full of energy and represents the same game so well and I think is Russ, Russia's best ambassador didn't like him when he first come in he really learned the team game and seems to have a lot of fun playing it not that I wouldn't um celebrated if he did i love that gretzky got it but there's a reason gretzky ended there for a reason the people taper off and it's not so much to me if he's healthy and and, and full-on or, or sorry if he can do it it's an achievement if you can play your late 30s into your 40s to play all the games is an achievement yeah yeah i'm not saying he can't get just as many goals per game
0: well, especially in this era, right? Like the, the skating is such a huge component of the game now, and then that's what goes first, right? On your your hands and your your hands and your legs, right?
2: Well, and, I loved watching. Uh, I loved Joe Thornton. Loved that the leaps got him, but I, I could tell a little bit, you know, watching. I don't want to, you know, I, I I was, but the legs, his legs were going power play. He still was Joe Thornton. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. It's so hard now with the skating um, to keep a like. I really like the guy that I really liked that uh, was cheering for with Spetsa. Like I mean, I thought he was flying out there. Like he looked really good even for like for an older guy. So it was yeah. good to see that. I mean he, I mean that that guy's skill set. Like he was he was like sick. Like he probably had more talent than even even the, the at their peak. You know like
2: yeah,
0: it was like more talent than Thornton. I, I think uh, I, I he was just so good like.
2: Yeah, different different kind, I guess. He would he 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 would undress you, Thornton. As you know, all I all I ever think of is passing. But there were a couple of yeah. years he had like forty goals. But all I think about is how great a passer he was. Yeah,
0: uh, he was a really cerebral player. Like yeah, you can see make you see the game really well for sure.
2: Um, you had a uh, st- great story about going to camp and you got in a fight in front of the net. I can't remember the full story. What would be the hardest punch you've ever taken? And not you know i'm dwelling on fighting i don't mean to be it was interesting i've never talked about it with you
0: yeah that was chris simon uh, basically uh karate chopped me in the neck first day of training camp flyers and i went i'll just tell that story quickly and then i'll go on to my hardest punch because i was actually gonna tell it earlier um yeah like i got drafted with chris simon and we like they had uh man i actually saw a picture of it i should send you the picture like it was our draft year and like they had a bunch of picks in the first few rounds and they had Mike Ricci, was fourth overall. And then they had uh, Michael Renberg. Uh, oh, then they drafted, uh, uh, they actually drafted my, myself. I was in the second round. They drafted uh, Bill Armstrong, who's now the GM of Arizona. So he was my yeah. first. And uh, there was another guy. And we were all, like Mike Ricci was the smallest, but we were all six foot four, six Dan Kordick, five, you know, like all these. Huge guys, like and I uh, should it's hilarious. It's hilarious. But all these guys like made it and had really good careers, like, and except for me and Bill. You know, <laughs> but now Bill's Bill's a GM Arizona. So um, but yeah, so my hardest punch. Um, so it's kind of really it uh, affected my game uh, in junior as far as me fighting. Like I uh, I never was a guy that was a natural fighter. Um and so I I start fighting in junior. And I'm a big guy and I start beating people up. Like I'm winning all my fights. Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm getting a little bit cocky. Right. It was easy. That's pretty easy. Right. And so then, uh, we Brandon comes into town and they start me on the starting left wing. Like I'm a stay at home oh, defense oh, oh, oh. I'm the left wing. and I'm not even, I'm too young and dumb to even understand. I think, oh, well, I must be doing well. You know, I'm getting the starting lineup. Get a left wing. You know, I never even thought. Of, Why are they putting on my left wing? Not cross my mind <laughs> second. So I line up against this small guy and just one of the ugliest guys I've ever seen. And the puck gets dumped in the corner, and I run this guy like from the blue line. And I'm skating up the ice, and I'm, you know, how do you like them apples? I'm chirping, chirping up the ice, and uh, he's like, he's just looking at me like he's not even phased. But I said, you want to go? Sure. So go around, I'm taking this guy, I'm just pounding him. I'm just pounding him. And all of a sudden, like he just goes back and he just caught right in the nose, like right in the beak, doesn't, doesn't break my nose, but like, I just like, I didn't go down, but I grabbed on. <laughs> I'd never been punched so hard in my life before. <laughs> it was Jeff Rogers. Oh. <laughs> so, I was so scared to fight. Like when we went into Brandon, like a few weeks later, I mean, I was so scared. I was like, and I did not want to fight. And like, Jeff
2: Odgers, was- man, whoa. he he was he was the most underrated player, and everybody told me that. There's a thing on YouTube. I was uh, we were in a line brawl in um, Boston, and he fought Chris Murray, and Chris Murray had a good one with him. And I was like, whoa! And everybody yeah. came over to tell Murray, like, that's incredible because Jeff Odgers kind of like Aaron Asham almost like yeah. yes. everybody says middleweight. Yes. But, but really
0: can anybody can go with anybody and not and not afraid to doesn't it doesn't care right like so yeah that was uh that and so I never fought like toe to toe with guys rarely like I I would always kind of use my size and my Darren you know, Langdon like, you know like yeah kind of that that's how I fought because I just didn't want to get hit like that again <laughs> and I never did I never did thank god
2: <laughs> uh yeah man that can do it um Langer throws a bit but I know what you mean Langer Langer would fight anybody and Honestly, even Probert and Langer would find out a way to like go for two and three minutes and wear you down. And then at the yep. end, don't worry, I'm gonna throw at some point. Ooh, I yeah. fought him twice in senior. One of my wow. buddies, but Jesus is that guy just next level. Just and and Langer, I don't want to say caught like a bag of milk, but working out wasn't high on his priority list. And you know, cardio, yes, ball hockey all summer, riding his bike, running like one of those, like he's gonna be yeah. fit, but yeah. he's just naturally the way he's built. Yeah. He just controls you, right? He just controls right. you, and and knowing how to do it. Yeah. Um. Okay. I got a few Tri City questions for you. Um. Are you all right with that? Um. Why wouldn't you be? But uh, I got Tri City American trivia. How about that?
0: See if I can remember, man, it's a long time ago. Go ahead. Do you remember the name of the mall? <laughs> oh God, I can picture it. I can. I can know. I. I can see it. I'm there. Oh. It's like I mean I said Ken, the Kennewick Mall is
2: it? Well, when, when I was there, which was like a year after you were there, uh, the Columbia Center.
0: Columbia
2: Center, yes. <laughs> uh, was there a pro basketball team there when you were there? And if you were, what was the name of the team?
0: No, there was no pro.
2: Just us in town. Yeah, no okay. Tri City Chinook. No, that was after. Uh, what's I'm the not- richest of? The, okay, first of all, what are the three cities, and what's the biggest of the three cities that make up Tri City?
0: Kennewick, Pasco, and Richland, and uh, what's the biggest one? Was uh, it wasn't Pasco? I'm
2: pretty sure. I think it was. I think it was Kennewick, wasn't it? Kennewick is the biggest at eighty four thousand. Pasco seventy five. Richland fifty eight. I thought Pasco was third. Just give me one second. There's a dog bark, and I got to close the window. Good. This happens when you don't have a studio. One sec. Sorry about that. The uh, yeah, the neighbors, not right next door, but. their backyard is lined up with mine, so they're not really neighbors, I guess. They're not on my street. But they got a dog, and this thing just yaps and yaps and yaps and yaps, and they figure they've had enough, so they just put it out. They put it out most of the day. And I guess they must have a soundproof fucking house because no one no one can put up with it. Just the entire day. I mean, Sam, man, 12 o'clock midnight, you can hear it. It's a real problem. And it's only been the last few days. And I can't wait to see what the, I'm, I'm, I'm the gossip guy too. I don't want to be, but now I'm the gossip guy. Guys, what, what are we going to do about this? You know,
0: let's <laughs> go the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> it'll go, it will be missing. Yeah. And you'll be like, I don't know, I know
2: what happened. So I'm, on one level. I, f- I, yeah. Like Elaine and Seinfeld. <laughs> on one level, I feel bad for them. They got, but they must've known, do your homework, do something to a, a, a neighborhood, you know, a nice suburb, you know, like anything it's there's, there's houses closed houses close together. I just find it really fucking ignorant. I don't know, figure it out, but it's not my fault. Yeah. People people need to live. Um, what color are the seats in the uh, in the arena? They were
0: red, were they, red? they didn't they change the seats? Oh, I thought they were red back in the day.
2: No, they were they they are red. Now it was called the Tri Cities Coliseum. Now it's the Toyo Center. I was going to ask like, you the name of the Coliseum. Uh, yeah, but...
0: I would never know that. Yeah,
2: yeah. Toyo. Toyo. Uh, yeah, the owner was Ron Toygo uh oh, yeah. what's the main industry in tri-cities uh
0: it is uh power like the nuclear uh power isn't that uh, you're right let uh, work there um what's it called again
2: nuclear sure power they're... plant I, I forget what it's called but it's a yeah. nuclear power plant
0: we built uh one of the bombs back in world war ii there that was one of the like the
2: they did yeah, anyway yeah did you know this dude do you know what this i came across this fun fact Um, in Maxim magazine. Now, how much truth is to that? I really don't know, but someone sent it on to me that that is Tri-City is the highest rate of cancer. Now, obviously, in the United States, I heard you can probably Google this, a simple Google search, but it's abnormally high and there is a nuclear power plant. So I don't know, do the math. Um, That was really morbid, wasn't it? Uh, What stick did you use back when you played junior?
0: Uh, I had had cohos back in the day. Coho Revolution? I don't remember the name of the... I just remember it had red, le- red lettering on it. Coho. I could just see that.
2: Uh, sure. Name three streets in Tri-City. Oh, God. I'm trying to think of the name one that we go cruising
0: up and down the street there. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> What's that mean? One. Oh, my God, buddy. I can't. I, can't I couldn't think. name it's- one. Kennewick Avenue. Uh,
2: what, that's was really it one- the only one. That, that's, that's really
0: do you know like did you guys used to do this maybe it was over by then but like did you go like on a friday night go cruising up and down this one street i think it's over of the sea and there'd be all like you just like you're in high school and you just go go up and down the streets and yeah you stop. And it,
2: i know it was where. yeah you, i mean you'd trick out your car and then you'd be there was you know and there was like along the strip there was a couple of fast food joints that high school kids yeah. would be in uh, having a bite to eat yeah, uh, i don't know by it was just columbia boulevard um, I mean, yeah, come Boulevard. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I right. Then that it was yeah. it. So I did remember one other one. I did not even remember the street I lived on. Um, can you hear? Can you hear that dog right now? No. Can't what hear. You, you can't hear
0: that.
2: What'd you do to him? No, he's just no. He's just he's just. It doesn't stop. It it's not like it barks and then it barks again and then it barks again. That's not stopping. But this is literally. There's no moment that it's not. It's like one constant bark, like a no, fucking up toy. Uh, what county is? Uh, Tri Cities mm. in. Oh my God.
0: I don't know. Is say, I just to say
2: Kenwick. Franklin County and uh Richland, part of Richland is in Benton County. So Franklin or Benton, you would have been correct, but uh I wouldn't binary. have known what once it was Franklin, I I I, I kind of remember that. Yeah. uh name three things you remember about your first billet house this is not so much trivia as knowledge
0: well i remember they had um i got there at christmas time or just after christmas time and all these guys were staying in these big mansions i get uh, you know because all all the people like it was a big deal we were the first year there right so it was a, it was a very big deal in in, in tri cities and we were kind of like you know many celebrities i guess and uh so all these rich people were having um would get get the guys, so they were all seeing these really huge houses, and I got I got in this really small small tiny crappy house with this family that had like a I don't know she must have been like four or five year old girl or whatever. They so it was like a wholly different atmosphere. So I end up just staying there for the rest of the season. I moved on to someplace else, but uh, yeah, they were it was an old house and it was a back split. You could walk out the back into like it was coming kind of down a hill, and that's that's pretty much it
2: um which where is the airport in, in uh tri-cities uh it is in uh it's uh richland it's in pasco
0: okay that's, the, that's what i thought uh,
2: um do you remember the girl's name that used to buy everybody presents like suits and and
0: uh the boot lady that's only
2: that's the only name i know by the boot lady the boot lady yes yeah, so she ended up because you guys were first on the scene so she ended up loving um, hockey. Her name was Sylvia. She's passed away now. Oh, and she, well, she passed away a few years ago. I'm saying this in in, 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 there's positive energy around it. But anyway, she named you and Darren Hassman. It was a Hasty play with you.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah you, you were her favorites. I don't think you ever knew that. And I had that written down, Salmon. I used to take these notes and she used to bring your name up anyway. Really? You Isn't probably treated her well, and Lance Leslie actually is the other guy. I don't know if he was there when you were.
0: He wasn't there, but I never and I never got a pair of boots from her. That's the thing. I don't think I did get a pair of cowboy boots..
2: Maybe that's why she liked you. <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> Didn't ask anything from her yeah yeah.
2: Uh, uh, what was the local radio station called when we were there? God
0: I don't remember, buddy. Honestly, OK, that's...
2: 95. Okay 95. Uh, that's all now, it's, now it's 90, 94.9 the wolf. Okay, right. I, I I prefer okay ninety five.
0: Remember going? Yeah, now I remember driving around my eighty five Trans Am with the windows down, down driving down Columbia Boulevard, listening oh, to. Yeah. K-
2: For Tri City, I wonder if it's still like that. It has a as a rich history of players having dated sports cars. <laughs> right, your eighty five Trans Am, I guess at the time I was six seven years old.
0: It had the eagle on the hood, it, but it was like a kit, the kit car version, like you know the kit car. But it had an eagle on the hood, which was very rare. It was a hard top. I was very mad. I was like, here's how spoiled I was, you know, relatively spoiled. My father, cause I, I got straight A's in high school and yeah. stuff. And he says "Straight well, A's, I'll get you a car. And I really wanted a Trans Am with a T-top on it. Right. Cause that's what T-tops are huge.
2: Oh yeah. Everybody wanted a T-top.
0: So he found this deal on this Trans Am, but it had a hard top and I was pissed off that it had, didn't have T-tops. Like how like what a, what a spoiled little brat.
2: Like well, you'd never say it from the way you played. <laughs> uh, what were the name of the high schools?
0: Kennewick was where we went, and uh, Kamai. Oh no, we went to Kamaiakin. We went to Kamaiakin. Kennewick was the other one, and uh, was it Richland?
2: Hey, you You know what? There must have been one in Richland. I only knew Kamaiakin and Kennewick, and then I realized. I mean, it's got two hundred and fifty thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. of course, there's more than two high schools. <laughs> God, there's probably a Pasco High too. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. Um, Sam, we're gonna move on and we're gonna do some rapid fire randoms. Are you all right with this? God,
0: I my, i don't know if I'm, my brain's turned off enough for this stuff. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So,
2: I mean, I was saying from a time point of view, you've already been on here more than an hour. And I know I said at least (laughs) the hours the most we're going to go. So you've been on now an hour and 18 minutes by my count. Uh, Do you have another 10 minutes for rapid fire randoms? No, let's do it, buddy. Let's go. Okay, here we go. You can have dinner with two of these five people. Who would they be? Simon Cowell, Ozzy Osbourne, Kane Tanaka, Brad Pitt, Christine Sinclair. Kane Tanaka, in case you're wondering, is the oldest living person. He's 118 years old as we speak.
0: Well, I got Ozzy Osbourne for
2: sure. And so now it's between Kyle Tanaka, Pitt, and Sinclair.
0: I go Sinclair.
2: Well, it's great. If you could go to dinner tonight with there it would be unbelievable. The night before she plays an Olympic okay. final and possibly gets us a huge medal. Okay that'd be great. yeah, what a career. Hopefully that's it. You have to fight one of these people. actually, no, you're in a fight. One of these three you get to pick as a tag team partner. Chuck okay. Norris, Indiana Jones, Deadpool
0: Deadpool yeah right that's Reynolds. like i I just I need to meet that guy. I think we'd be really good friends.
2: Something wow cool. you, and, and you know what? You'd be entertained because, I mean, yeah. they're all pretty funny in their own way, but I think Deadpool would just be constantly funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you have to marry one of these three. One of these four. Scarlett Johansson. 1995 Elizabeth Hurley. Or 2003 Halle Berry. Or I'm adding Ryan Reynolds because I don't know. You've never said it. I assume that you're straight, but in this episode, in this world, who knows? Maybe you want, maybe you want to marry Ryan Reynolds. I don't
0: know. I would, I would be smar- I would just marry him so I could just hang out with him. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, we, <wouldn't-> <laughs> <laughs> yep, we do that? But if I had to, I would pick a, a Liz Hurley for sure.
2: Ah, so would I, Sam man. Oh, God, it's beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't like. I had to go to Austin Powers the second time for the laughs because I just couldn't get over looking at her. 1995 too what a fucking year that was for me I was hard the entire year Elizabeth Hurley just I, I just like man and it was a great year on the scoreboard Yeah. Um, next to you on the plane so you're going from Edmonton over to St. John's they have a direct flight you're, you're, you're coming all the way over you're going to be on the plane for about six or seven hours Jesus Christ these dead people is a hypothetical yeah john lennon hitler charles darwin aristotle now of course i'm not saying that you like hitler this isn't a like this is who do you want to sit next to and gather information from i mean hitler so i know i'm going to get hate mail but you know if it was between hitler and joe fucking smith i'd pick hitler because i'd want to pick his fucking brain one of the most evil brains of all time so i need to qualify it that way now so people don't think you're a nazi
0: well you probably it, figure out about a, a half an hour of these just that was
2: absolutely crazy <laughs> that was, yeah that was... <laughs> probably find out a lot of shit
0: yeah uh i would um what was uh, aristotle i think that would be very fascinating
2: it would be fascinating wouldn't it i think jesus christ would be a letdown for anybody <laughs> even if you're not religious i just think he was uh, a Decent profit that got thrust into a situation. Absolutely. Um, you have to kill one of these people. The girl that ruined the Tour de France. Did you see that? Oh my God. Did you see the person that, that she came out and held up the sign? <laughs> like, so we this is hypothetical. So this is let's just say you got a Gun to your head. There's an alternate universe, and one of these people has to die, or else the world isn't going to go on. Because it's a it's a terrible question, but one of these people has to. There's no choice, and you have to pick, and no one's going to find out. So the girl that ruined that nearly ruined the Tour de France, an NFLer that celebrates too early and loses the point for that team, and that happens all the time. Or Betty White. Oh my God!
0: Oh, I got to go with the the lady, the girl, like that. Put the sign out. I mean, you know, she not very smart obviously
2: anyway but betty white's like 98 is gonna die soon anyway well, this that's girl probably. That's, has... that's, that's true but i like betty white a lot i mean, awesome. <laughs> two years <laughs> of betty white are definitely better than 60 years with this fucking
0: moron <laughs> exactly. oh.
2: i laughed but man not, i mean what a... the fuck and yeah. you know what you know what Idiots like that or what ruins it for everybody else because now there'll be a fucking barrier. Now you 100%. won't be able to go up and watch, will you? Because some fucking idiot out of a million that have ever watched held up a fucking sign and now we're all going to be penalized. 100%. What superpower would you like to have? Are you uh, going to give me a list or what? No. You just got to no. think of anything. You think of how many superpowers there are. I'd like you to could fly. be invisible you could fly those are great things you could be elastic though that's underrated yeah that's, kind of, yeah, that's pretty cool too uh, no i think flying would be pretty cool yeah i mean fuck, can you imagine if you could fly just outside of how fun the feeling would be how convenient it would be oh God, just no take much- the direct route right and then you're way up in the sky you it would be convenient, but then you'd see everything at a different angle. You would figure shit out. You'd be like, Oh, okay. That's why. So that's why seagulls fly this way. That's what, you know, you'd be part of the bird. You'd be part of the aviation world. Wouldn't you?
0: (laughs) My best friends. Yeah.
2: How many emails have you not opened up? If you open up your email right now, how many does it say in bold that are new?
0: I, I have such an OCD over that like zero. I promise you, you will look at my inbox and there's not zero wow how do i
2: get there sandman you know what mine is like 2400
0: oh you just gotta like click a button that says like mark all is red and start over again i know just... but
2: when i when i do it it only gets rid of the ones that are on the screen in front of me oh god you know what i yeah. mean so like i spend 15 minutes and it's just over the years like and it's all shit like from like you know walmart and stuff like that that i don't know and i i don't even know how to make that junk mail i if i click it all and say mark as junk why doesn't it put it in there next time
0: yeah I'm, I'm i don't know yeah you gotta you gotta unsubscribe or whatever but i like i am super anal about that it, it bugs me and when i see like like if i saw your inbox at that it would just drive me crazy like
2: my my anxiety would kick in <laughs> Yeah, it's horrible. I got that. And I've got like a a whole the last Facebook album because I'm big on pictures and, you know, so many people I know live away and everything. So before any of the social media are trying to like get likes and all that shit, I just and and I I don't like doing the photo albums, even though like I have a lot of them because I got them and they're there. I don't like losing the memory. So I got to go through each picture and make an album. I haven't made one in almost a year. And each, you know, all the shit that I post. So like each month. I got like a thousand that I need to go through yeah. and just cause they all get saved from like Facebook stories. And then of them, I need to erase all that, make other albums. It's, it's such, I wake up and it weighs on my mind, let alone yeah. these, these emails. But anyway, I've done it to I, myself.
0: Well, I'm And I'm so I'm grateful. Like you have to be, you have to be on social media obviously, but I'm so grateful that my business and work, it's like, it's not, I, I'm not needed to be on social media cause I don't post anything really ever. Dude. I,
2: so I don't, in each, each one of these things, I don't have anybody help me. It's not like I have a secretary. So I'm running a bar or helping to, but I mean, I don't know. Their social media got a thousand people yeah. minus yeah. 25,000. If you spread the platform. So, you know, obviously things that I'm putting out there, I got to really think about and they're probably going to promote the bar. Yeah. At least when it comes to social media, More than the bars page itself, and I just don't deal with the other one because I'm not doing two posts. I could tag you, so then I got this podcast, the hockey podcast. You don't want
0: to to chug a beer on the on the Instagram.
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, here's the other thing, right? So here's the other thing. So then I got I'm trying to sell books or whatever, right? And no matter what, like if I let if a month goes by and I do a post, there's going to be new people that didn't realize about the book, or maybe go, you know what? Maybe they heard me do an interview at Christmas and they're like, I hate that motherfucker. And then two months ago they heard me on hockey central and went, you know what? I'm going to give him a chance. I'd like his book. Right. So that happens with each post. There's, there's a few, there's between 10 and say 30. So enough to, to do a post. Then you got my, my podcast. And then you got just my friends, which comes last. So what I've done, Sandman is I've created this character. That's this online character that slugs beers, you know, um, and, and with that comes a lot. I don't want to say, let's say womanizer. Let's just say that word. I don't know what that, that's probably no. a bad word, but I don't want to say bangs chicks because that's not the right thing. I mean, I'm, no. I was married a large part, but there, there's a, there's, there, there's a guy that that's, you know, I don't know how to say it without being crude, but I guess people think that with the bar and with being an ex hockey player, that, of course i i i and I'm single I, I i i you know, I was married for a while. I enjoy that, but there's a whole lot more to it, like you know, if I'm sitting there and and we're on the deck, say of t j s and I slug a beer and there's good looking guys and good looking girls. people have this idea that my life is like this beer commercial, okay, but it's right. not. But then I got to do posts for, for fights, film, and folklore. And then I got to promote this. And I have to not go too far over the line one way because I know that anybody can listen to this. So I know there's like 15-year-olds listening. I can't see why yeah. a 10-year-old would. So, But there are people listening that are, that are young and impressionable. Then I also got people yeah. that are listening because they heard me on Spitting Chicklets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Then people also heard me telling stories at TJ's. And they love those TJ's posts. And they tune in because they want to see that. Yeah. So right. I live in this mental dichotomy is that the word that i'm constantly battling with like should i put this out there and you know i I got a great relationship with my ex-wife do danielle's uh parents want to see this you know i'm dating a girl in town uh janet called good girl but a professional she's a musician right? right she's very professional her life and so a lot of her friends come over onto my my feed and they're like holy fuck this guy is nuts but but outside of all that now when, when i press end i'm just going to take penny lane and we're going to go to a movie and i don't yeah. really put that out there because that's normal life but like yeah. you know you know what i mean so i've branded myself and whether i like it or not i've landed in a place
0: yeah no i i, I feel for you man i like it's a, that's a tough world like and you know especially with how people are just evil like and I, i'm on i go on twitter and i i, I like stuff or whatever but it's like there's sometimes where you like, you see something and you want to say something, but it's like, like if I don't say the exact right thing in this night, like, I mean, I got a business, I got whatever. Um, then you're going to have like these haters on the one side or whatever. And like, I'm just like, I'm not posting anything. Like I'm not, I don't want to get, but you have to, you have to figure it out. And you do a great job of it,
2: by the way. Like I love, I love all, all your stuff, but yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine. I don't uh, honestly, I don't respond much anymore. Um, and just saying it, that's just putting yourself out there. If yeah. I, if I, if someone sees me on Hudson and Rex tonight, uh, I might get a tweet. Uh, you fucking washed up. You're just as bad of an actor as you are a hockey player. Not many, but there are people that love the Canadians that don't see past that, that got grade six, right. That. And, and I in some way still let them down because I didn't pan out in the late nineties. Right. Whereas I looking back like you do, I'm like, you know, fuck I'm embracing this. I played in the NHL. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but if, uh, that's what I find. If you dwell and you start responding, it's just a rabbit hole that you can never, ever get out of. So apologies to anybody listening, but I, I often don't mostly don't respond or even look at what people say about anything anymore.
0: Yeah, that's probably the best way. Just move on and go. Yeah.
2: Um, have you ever surfed?
0: No, but I've been thinking about that lately. I'd love to try. Um, I mean, I've got to like in California, whatever
2: bodyboarded or whatever like that, but I've never actually happened surfed. I'd love to have you. I've never surfed in my life. I'd love to try it. And I just learned. I said that because it was on my mind. uh, I I just learned that they do it here in Newfoundland on the southern shore. There's this small group of people. I just didn't think the waves were big enough. But I just thought overall, like all the waves that come in got to be like I see with like a Beach Boys video or like, uh, you know, the the stereotypical. um, What was that show? Baywatch.
0: Watch, yeah. Like that you gotta sort of thing. Got to be underneath the curl, and you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's simply there's a few places here that, like the rocks are formed in a certain way that you know the waves when it's slightly windy get big and you know they're few and far between but they're there and there is a community of surfers. I'm definitely going to try it at some point. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, my buddy just got back. He's a he can he can surf. I didn't know he could surf, but he sent sent pictures from Tofino, who's out in, in Vancouver Island there, or back. is it on? The, I don't think it's on the island. I've never been to Tofino, but apparently it's good there um so maybe
2: that's the place to go for me what's your favorite wizard who is uh, your favorite wizard
0: wizard out of who like what wizard like the wizard
2: of oz i i mean i don't know i'm trying to think there must be wizards okay let's how about this let's think merlin is a magician right mm-hmm. merlin the magician i pictured him as a wizard how about it, mickey mouse in those early mickey mouses you know what he's he's like oh, yeah. got the hat on is he a wizard there or is he a magician
0: um, I think he's a magician.
2: So really like, what, the uh, wizard of Oz you, is you, the only what wizard is, I know. Who
0: is a wizard? Like what is an, what does he do compared to like a magician? What's the difference?
2: I think a wizard, I think a magician is human. What is like Batman to Superman? Batman doesn't have power, Superman does. I think a magician is just playing with your mind in a way because it's not really happening, and a wizard actually is making shit happen. I think a wizard is like using the supernatural. Like, do
0: they make um, like concoctions of like you know uh, a witch, me- like a witch's brew? A witch's brew. Like, do they like? Does a wizard do that?
2: I don't know. So, so, so far, I asked a question that I don't even know the definition to part of the question. So, well, the Wizard of Oz has to be a wizard because it's in <laughs> the title. So we know that <laughs> one of the guys in Harry Potter got to be a wizard. Okay, but isn't that isn't a wizardry school you're going to? Yeah, but let's
0: back up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. So all Harry Potter guys are wizards, right? Okay. But they kind of do magician stuff too.
2: They they do, but they're definitely, they're flying around on those broomsticks and stuff. That's not magic. That's wizardry.
0: Let's back up to the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz wasn't really a wizard, was he? I just did did a rhyme there. But uh, he was a fake. He was a fake. And they found out at the end, so he wasn't
2: really a wizard. You just ruined that for anybody that's... For anybody that hasn't gotten around to seeing *The Wizard of Oz*, with came out in which came out in 1954, <laughs> but maybe maybe uh, Tanaka or Kane Tanaka hasn't seen it yet. He's 118 years yeah. old. Maybe you ruined it for him.
0: I have to just edit in there a spoiler alert. You know, if you don't want to know how *The Wizard of Oz* ends, please uh, turn off your microphone for your mute for a few minutes.
2: I'd love to get Kane Tanaka, the 118-year-old, on this. Do you think I could get him on the podcast? Like, who do you think people are asking him for his time every day because he's like a celebrity, or do you think like he's just sitting in a room, his heart's beating, he's aware of everything? They're feeding him pudding. He listens to albums, maybe, but he's just there.
0: Yeah, I don't. I can't see him being able to even figure out how to get on here. Number one, uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? He's probably met so many people in his life. He's just like, oh, I've met I've met a version of you fifty times. I don't need to talk to some other guy that's funny and whatever. I'm, I'm done. I'm just going to be grumpy.
2: I don't know the answer to this. Do you think he drives still?
0: I could, I, I don't think he'd be allowed. I can't see it.
2: Why wouldn't I, you be allowed? That's what I've often thought. You should have to redo your test when, you, when you're 60 or 65 because when people lose I mean, not knocking old people. I'm going to get there. I, I mean, it, this ages thing people are talking about. I mean, what's ages? I'm going to get there eventually anyway. And maybe it's 40. I don't know. Whenever people start losing their sight a little bit. But people are going around 95 years old, peeping over the wheel like Mr. Magoo, that are scared of a bump. I mean, and they still got their fucking license because they got it in 1942 after the Great Depression. I think that is retarded, man.
0: Yeah, but you're. I think you're supposed to at a certain age. You got to go back and get retested. Some something after a certain age. Well, I don't know. My
2: parents are 70. They didn't have to do it. When is that age? You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not, I know there's all kinds of healthy 70 year olds. Mick Jagger's going on tour again. What is going on there? 77 (laughs) years old, the Rolling Stones. So obviously there's people that get up and dance around, but there's also people that can't walk five feet in 30 minutes. So how can you go driving? I'm, I'm with you 100% i'm with you
0: well get back to kane, though, like kane probably maybe he doesn't how do you make it to that age maybe he bikes and
2: walks everywhere and that's how he's that's how he's got to his age so he maybe doesn't even have a license it's true there's so much as soon as this is over of course i'm going to know everything about kane tanaka but right now all i know is that he's 118 years old and something got him there sam man that's as good a time as any to 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 sign off um do you have anything else? Do you have anything I, should, I could promote? Do you have anything to talk about? I know I'm going to see you in a couple months when I go to shoot a TV show in Ontario. I'm looking forward to that. What else do you have coming up?
0: Uh, you know, buddy, I got nothing off the top of my head. Uh, doing some uh, traveling. I'm actually going to figure out. Uh, I'm glad you're coming in the, to Ontario, but I got to figure out a way to get up to see you. Um, and I'm kind of look, I've been looking into it. So hopefully maybe September I can come and uh, spend a weekend with you. And we can catch up, and we can do this just by ourselves for, t- for two straight days. We just talk, just talk for two straight days.
2: That's music to my ears, and we're going to uh, get reacquainted with George Street.
0: Oh my God! I just saw though uh, that the festival, right, August twenty seventh to the first. Unfortunately, I, c- I can't get there that early. But that would have been that would have been a great way to get it
2: it would. in. would I'm glad they're getting it in. It's usually at the beginning of August. It's usually yeah. right now. This would be George Street Festival, and you know, when we have a year to plan, there's always um, every night there's a concert and there's usually local bands leading up to a big band, whether it's and when I say big, yeah, I guess it would be, a, you know, like Third Eye Blind will probably be on Thursday. And then on Friday, you'll probably have, say, Huey Lewis in the News. And then Saturday, you you go for Green Day or something like that. Not that we ever have, but I heard they're tra- you know, that's usually so it's a build up. And, and actually, it builds up five days, not three and all day long, leading up to those big acts, there are other players, a lot of them local, Atlantic Canada, but a lot of artists want to fly in and show off their stuff and, they'll, you know, it, and, and it, people are really enjoying that time. It's a great time to get down and walk and they close off all the streets down there that you can just walk around. Um, so it's a great time to come. I believe this year it was hard to plan because no one really knew what was happening. So it's all local, but doesn't mean it'll be bad. We got lots of great artists here. No,
0: it'll be great. It'll be great. Well, I just got to, before I cut off here, I just want to say, uh, I mean, I know you were really good friends, but I'm super proud of where you're at right now with your podcast and now this TV uh, the, the show you're going to be doing and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I've, uh, you, you know, I'm one of your biggest fans and I, uh, I'm glad that your talents are being rewarded because you're, uh, you're a fun guy and you're a smart guy and, and, and I think people need to have more of you. I know it's a hard work, but uh, we need to have more of you, more Terry well- Ryan.
2: <laughs> more that's that's uh, hard to do well maybe talk to my dad about that uh, but listen one of my favorite teammates ever can't wait to see you again I really do appreciate that and you always Sam man you used to say this and I don't I still don't know what I'm, I'm putting along I'm figuring it out but <clears throat> you used to say you should have a radio show when we played together and uh, you know you also were the first one ever to bring up a book ever you were going to do it. You were going to do it. You inspired me on that bus right around when you went back to get your degree. We didn't talk much about that. You were doing courses and we would sit back there and uh, we had the most intellectual conversations that I remember in my hockey career. And uh, I think we, we have the same view of the game and we enjoy playing it. It's passionate, but like you said earlier, you mentioned, you know, we played the game and it, we, we weren't ever too far from a little bit of anxiety because of the way that we played. And that just doesn't mean the toughness. It means the pressure of being a big pick and, you know, playing up in those top leagues. It's not like we spent our whole career in the East Coast League. You're always trying to get up here and there's a lot of anxiety and we would get on the bus and we would enjoy the escape. Like hockey's not everything. I love, I love Aaron Brand. If I needed to know about hockey, I, or I, if I needed to get, to play a little bit better and get focused, I would go talk to him because he, yeah. but we were on the same page when, it, you know what, let's tune out and go to a concert. You know,
0: <laughs> there's always so many uh, things to talk about. Like it always was a very narrow bandwidth of most guys, like just hockey, whatever. And then we would always get on these random conversations about all sorts of interesting things. And yeah,
2: well, Hey, uh- You wanted to sit next to Aristotle, so uh, need I say more. Uh, I always end with a song. Today, it's simply See You Later, Alligator. In a while, Crocodile, originally by Bill Haley and the Comets in 1957. But it's fitting. Those lyrics work. I'm going to see you soon. Thanks for coming on. And uh, until that point, Sandman, you take care. Thank you, bud. Love you. And there you have it. Little conversation with the Sandman. Tran with one of my good buddies, if you couldn't tell. I hope that was interesting. Sandman's got a lot of stories, been a lot of places. We're very similar guys. I usually get a uh, decent response whenever he shows his face on my program. So thanks to him again. Can't wait to see the Sandman, too. Check out some of his highlights. Um, Was a stay-at-home D. There's not too many goals on there, although he did score a few, but Saman's right. His bread and butter was like getting the puck out of the zone. Real good. Hard to get around. Tall guy. Thick guy. Who would hit you, take you out of the play. Wasn't there to injury. It wasn't like cheap. But very, like there's a reason he played in the NHL. Easily could have played longer. Um, A smart defenseman that usually made the right play. Um, And, you know, just. Like you said, you, you, in that area, you're that big and you, you, you want to play fairly tough, then you had to drop the mitts quite a bit. And he's got a few of those stories too. Um, before we go, some quick one-offs. Uh, just some questions I got. Hey uh, Terry, you think Alexander Ovechkin will break the record? I just asked that to Sam, man. Do I think if I had to put money on it, I would say yes. Um, I think he's really determined. I know it's the if he gets injured, but maybe he won't. And uh, I'm not rooting one way or the other. I love the fact Gretzky got it and I watched him play and I mean saying he was my idol would mean I had no more, but him and Mario Amuse, Steve Eisman, Chris Nyland, guys like that, they, they were all on the same level for me and uh, all idols, Bob Probert. Uh, so Right now, one of my idols has the record. I'm going to enjoy that. But if Alexander Ovechkin breaks it, hats off to him, man. And uh, hard error to do it in. That's another argument for another time. But uh, I'm on the fence. It's 50-50. And I'd love to see the guy achieve a dream and why not root for him? I just find it hard when people are chasing a record to to root against them. Maybe when the chips have fallen, maybe if he gets 850, or whatever he gets, 870, uh, Gretzky's, I think, what, 902? Maybe when the dust is settled, I'll know who I was rooting for more, but anybody who has passion for the game and loves playing and, and, and gives back, and we know all those things about the guy, I don't know, man. I'm Canadian, but you know. I I would totally, you know, be the first to shake his hand if if, if I ever saw Alexander Ovechkin for breaking that record. That's a hard thing to do. So I'll say yes. How's that? Um, Mary from Edmonton asked me, do I think the Zach Hyman move is a good one for the Oilers? Um, I forget the term. Was it seven or eight years? Like anything, I think towards the end of that, you might see stats taper off a bit, but that's the nature of everything. That's why you sign people to contracts over a long period of time, so it evens out. Um, Yeah, I don't see how he could be bad for the Oilers. I think he's a great player that kind of got hidden underneath the blanket of some real big names and superstars around him in a market that just eats sleeps and breeds hockey not that Edmonton doesn't but they don't have the advantage of having like all these tv studios and the population because Edmonton is right up there but Toronto's a little bit more of a market with a little bit more pressure because of that not much the Oilers got you know Connor McDavid Leon and and company and they need to do better as well. But I think Hyman will be a great fit. I do. They're, they're solid now. They know there's no other, like, should we sign him? Should we not? He's there. He can go out, get a place. His family's set up. He's probably now going to be an Edmontonian. There's a good chance for a long time. His kids are going to grow up there. Um, I don't want to say forever, but, you know, he's looking obviously to settle down somewhere. And how can it be a bad thing to play with Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, D- uh, Darnell Nurse? Go on, go on down the list. I know that, team has changed a lot of players and there's still some to come, but the nucleus there is a great, not only a great, I hate to say a great bunch of guys, but because I really don't know, but they seem like good people and unbelievably talented, (laughs) possibly the best player on earth. I mean, why, how could that not work out? positively to some degree if you're Zach Hyman he works hard both ways I think he's underrated offensively just because he was playing around the other guys and now he's behind some other phenomenal talent uh, and I think he'll do just as well if not better he's got a lot of confidence I mean I don't know I think it's just team A and team B I think it's very very similar situation um, and I don't know Yeah, like I said about Connor McDavid or When I say I hear he's a decent guy, I don't know. I know Teddy Purcell who played with him and only had good things to say, as opposed to say a Jack Eichel, who I really don't know, seems to be me, 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 has only played on Buffalo, which is a chicken or egg come first. Are they suck largely because of him or uh, does he need a better situation largely because Buffalo can't manage a math class, you know? I mean, who knows? But from all, everything I hear, Conor McDavid is a is a fantastic leader. And it trickles down from him. If I'm Hyman, I'm loving the situation. Uh, I got a basketball question, too. What do I think about Carmelo Anthony going to the Lakers? Same thing. And Russell West, Westbrook a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, man, like that, because eventually to me, there's a micro... Cosm of an argument there. Why what, what do I think of it as a large one? The bigger thing for me is that I'm a Jordan fan and then you got LeBron. But I'm biased because LeBron says and does, he's an attention seeker, which I guess I am too, so I don't know why. But he just does things that I think are all about himself more than it, it seems. And I don't know. Something about LeBron rubs me the wrong way. But at the same time, I have to admit... You know, if, if he's not the best, he's the second best. And why am I a dick for calling LeBron the second best ever? Because I know I'll get mail. But, uh, you know, who knows? But, like, you know, he might win again. So it's, it's about championships, obviously. But to me, it's obviously also about Jordan playing on the same team that whole time outside of Washington, what, the last year when, in a unique situation. Um, you know, and he did it all with Chicago. He took two years off in the middle to play baseball, like, which was outlandish, seemed outlandish. It's an interesting story, though, and to be honest with you, I love that he did it, and that's not LeBron's fault. But I just find jumping around and picking your teammates, I don't know. Well, I know they had – the Chicago had Pippen, and they traded for Rodman. And I can go down the list, of course, but it's different. LeBron's just bouncing over to teams this era. It's not just LeBron – Kevin Durant, one of the best players in the world. You can make an argument he's the best. What's this, his fourth team, Brooklyn? And he just signed over there, free agent out of, out of Golden State. And then all of a sudden, he signs Kyrie and Harden. And now they got a big juggernaut, Brooklyn, who didn't have a great team a couple of years ago. And it's just like superstars going to one team and then getting a few buddies there. I don't know. Are the Lakers, you know, favored to win? I don't know, but now they got LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Russell Westbrook. Carmelo Anthony is a fossil at this point, but he still is. No different than Blake Griffin on the Nets, right? Give you a bit of inspiration. You're still a good player. You're still mellow. So there, for your top five or like Team USA. I mean, I don't know, man. Of, of course. So you're just narrowing it down this year. Of course, the Bucks won. Everybody's happy. Someone different one because people were injured. I'd, I'd love the Bucs to repeat, but I don't think shit like that's possible. It's going to be Brooklyn versus the Lakers right now. Call it in the summer for next spring unless there's injuries. And I just don't like that about basketball. Of course. I mean, he, I guess LeBron can play. It's a feat that he's playing to this good this late. That is incredible. But as far as championships, I don't know. I could play at least 52, I guess, if you just keep signing the best players in the league. Anyway, that's my thought. I'm a Jordan fan. I'm definitely biased, though, so don't get your basketball information from me. The rest of these questions, honestly, I'll get to next week. It's a nice day. I don't know how many are left. It's, uh, what are we at, August 4th? We're in St. John's, so I know that we have great falls, but almost as soon as September hits, it starts chilling out at night. Right now, I know it's 25 degrees. it's 4:13 p.m. Uh, I said the fourth, August 5th, and I'm going to take my daughter swimming because I don't know how many more days we got, if not for the weather, because we're real busy, and she's got a bunch of soccer tournaments. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Wedgwood Cafe, TJ's pub downtown, Green Sleeves, downtown, uptown. If you're from St. John's, well, wherever, get out, support local businesses. Uh, if you're from St. John's, come on down, man. Check out the pedestrian walk. Uh, Merchant Tavern just opened their crab shack. Jeremy Charles, one of my good buddies. Go down and check that out. What a treat. And uh, just get out. Live. Live again. The veil is 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 being removed. We get to see the sun. We get to live without masks very soon. Knock on wood. I know it's still out there, but it's just so nice to... Uh, to live uh, with, with confidence that we're going to stride into the future with less and less of this COVID and it's going to be a thing of the past. And that'll be a good thing for me and billions of others. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we'll be back at it. Same time, same place. Thursday, Tales with Tiara, the Hockey Podcast Network. Talk soon. Thanks again. Catch you on the rebound.